Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. We do hope you've been enjoying some of our recent episodes. How y'all doing out there? Come on, you know you have. An episode of the Get Geek Podcast, a new episode of the Get Geek Podcast. Yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it. We had some great content lately as including, I should say, yeah. an interview with John R. Diaz, the EA technical design lead. Uh, so big name in the gaming industry. We just had Huge. that interview recently. Please check that out and let us know what you think. We hope to be doing some more interviews soon. Anyways, yeah. let's do our introduction so you know who we are. I'm Jose. AJ. You are. And this is Walt. Yeah. So as well as that, we've done some great episodes recently talking about Game of Thrones and geeking out about some stuff last week as well. Check out our most recent episodes. And of course, the best way to support your favorite podcast is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcasts. You can check us out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Let me say that one again. Apple Podcasts. You can check us out wherever your favorite podcast platforms are sold. We're on Amazon Music. We are on podcast platforms all over the world. So please like, rate, share, and subscribe in order to let us know what you think and in order Um, to support us. Didn't Game of Thrones die a year or two ago? (laughs) Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. You Ghost. say Game of Thrones. I think you were confusing our GOT references. I've been doing that a lot lately. Game of Thrones all, is no longer good. that on. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. That's the new GOT because Game of Thrones wasn't that great. And we Ghost need to come Tsushima up with something different. It can't be GOT. To be, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it Let's should be replace GOT. Yeah. The other GOT. Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. Excuse me. I'm tripping there all over go. myself a little bit here, guys. Ghost maybe of Tsushima, we, we talked about that last week. Maybe we call it the other GOT. Let you me make sure like, that I don't make that mistake again today. I maybe guess. you know, you know how like they say pork is the other white meat. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah, we yeah. should make it to maybe we should make ghost the other GOT, you know. The other GOT. Well, again, in my estimation, I think Game of Thrones should be the other GOT at this point. Um yeah. but, that, but yeah, we have that some that might disagree. Right, some that might disagree with that. We have talked Ghost of Tsushima. I'm resetting myself. G-O-T, Ghost of Tsushima, not Game of Thrones. Um, so we hope you've listened to the most re- those most recent episodes. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Another quick reminder is that we are recording remotely. We are socially distancing. We are being as safe as we possibly can on these podcasts. So if there are any sound issues, artifacts, audio problems, or any other issues, issues you just can't hear us, Whatever it is, please let us know. Uh, We have been doing the best that we possibly can to try to improve the audio week by week by week and day by day, minute by minute. So if it doesn't sound all that great, please let us know. Give us some feedback and let us know. Anyways, 
let's get right into it with our not Game of Thrones conversation. Not our Ghost of Tsushima conversation yet. We'll get to not that. Yet. Not yet. What have you guys been geeking out about this week? Well, before before we get into it, I just want to remind our our, our listeners that um you definitely have to check out the the bonus episode that we released on Friday. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a super super good episode. Um, you, you know, Gabriel Wolfie, our our host, he's good friends with John Diaz, who is a game designer extraordinaire. Um, mm-hmm. the man has been working for Midway. WB Games, Rockstar. He was at yeah. Amazon, stemmed at Amazon, and now he's currently working at EA Games, um, working on you know game engines and game designs and things of that nature. And so, if you have any interest at all on the path of how you become a game designer, you'll get a lot of really good nuggets from that last um, episode. And even if you're not interested, but just want to find out the inner workings of gaming design and what yes. what it all takes, listen to the episode. And even if you're not into that stuff and you just want to hear a super cool conversation between two guys that have known each other forever, listen to the episode. It Good doesn't man. take that much to do. And trust me, you will have fun listening to it. So it's a good time. Um, absolutely. So John R. Diaz is involved in some of the best games that we've played these last couple of generations. A shout out to John. So check it out, guys. Check out John R. Diaz interview with Gabe Marte Wolfie. Uh, our episode this past week that was released on Friday. Yep. Indeed. All right. So now we can get into Geek Outs. Let's get to the present. So, what did you geek out about this week? It's been a rough week for geek outs. I'm not going to lie. But what time I could scrounge together, I was able to play a game. It's a very interesting game. It's called Prey. It came out in 2014. It works on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Made mm-hmm. by Arcane Studios and published by my good friend Bethesda. Hey, yes, indeed, and Microsoft's good friend Bethesda. Yes, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So uh, this uh, this is a game that uh, our my good friend Hafa put me onto. It was a present for my birthday, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and. And in he he described it aptly when when he gave it to me. He said, "This game is, for all intents and purposes, the product of Skyrim and was it Bioshock having a child." And, and by the way, big shout out to Hafa who is recovering right now from a, a surgery. So, the Get Geek Podcast, all of us here, we send you best wishes. We miss you, buddy. We hope that you're doing well. Yes. So it's a very interesting game. It takes it. It start. It starts you off in like a, in like a what you you look like you're on Earth. Things are mm-hmm. going great. You work for a company. Mm-hmm. All well and good. And you're going in. You landed the job of your dreams at the Talos One. No, no, not the Talos one. Basically, uh, an explorational group for space. But that fades away very quickly once 
certain things start taking place and weird mm-hmm. monstery things that I have yet to know the name of uh, start attacking. And it's at that point you realize that, well, wait, everything I've just been doing has been a simulation. What? <laughs> it was okay. pretty nuts. Like Assassin's Creed or something. Yeah. It's weird. And so... It's a shooter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah is, you right? could say it's a shooter. Yeah. Oh, there's a uh, there's other elements to it. Yeah, there, there is. You, okay. You, okay. But I guess you can say it's a shooter. Like if you call Bioshock a shooter, then fine. I, I guess you could say it's a shooter. Okay. Yeah, it's like a shooter RPG. I think is kind of the genre yeah. that they stick that into a first person shooter with RPG elements. There you go. So eventually, Bioshock you find game. out you're mm-hmm. not even on Earth. You're on a space station called, and this is right this time, the Talos One. And, oh, wow. It's been a really good game so far. Um, Lots of of hoarding, which is something I love to do. (laughs) And I read every email, hack into every computer I see. It's just, it's good stuff. Uh, I'm a model citizen in that game. I love games like that. No, I'm not. Love them. Sounds very involved. I've said it a million times, but if you like that kind of game, you would like Deus Ex because it's all about hacking every computer, hacking every lock. That is a good game. Opening every safe, having every conversation you possibly can. It's and it's a first person shooter with RPG elements. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, Deus Ex started that trend because it came out on PC in 2001. The original, Mm -hmm. Uh, the the original, really popular uh, first person shooter RPG game being day sex but anyway back to prey which is Praying. what we're yes. comparing it to mm-hmm. so this is since i haven't gotten very far into the game this is more of a first impressions type thing but mm-hmm. the big thing i noticed to wrap this up is that this takes place in sort of an alternate timeline as because once you go through like the first area where you realize ah, oh, this is a space station there's a little, I guess, historical museum that's on the Talos one. And mm. on a plaque, it shows a quote by John F. Kennedy, but he died in like 2035 or something like that. What? So right off the bat, we're already <laughs> dealing with some timey-wimey awesomeness. Interesting. Yeah, the implication there is that this is the expansion of John F. Kennedy's, uh, you know, space race type thing. (laughs) So I find that, yeah. So I find that very Uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep that in mind as I go forward. That's so cool. That sounds interesting. It plays with like, uh, with history in a way, kind of like the man in the high castle or something like that where it kind of plays with history and changes it around a little bit those are always good bits of fiction and pretty good for video games as well the amateur historian in me was very pleased oh, yeah. Yeah. that's true i could imagine how exciting that is for you to check that out huh. well, it, it's interesting that this game is is loosely based to the this is not the first prey no it's mm-hmm. not yeah, there, no, was, there was a there was a prey that came out in two thousand six for um, the the console generation of that time. Did this, you have that game? Well, I, I think, I, you, think you I did. That, yeah, right? that that came out that came out for two K games. That that was brought out by those guys, 
And yeah. um, but this game is not exactly that. I think this is more of a reimagination of that that property and yes. stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting because 2017, when this thing came out, it was largely regarded as one of the best games that year. So, um, kind of flew under is, the radar because of it being a reimagining. I feel like of of the original, at least yeah, in my that, that and I also read that it was in development hell for a while. So, well, yeah. that, that mm. usually happens with some of these games. You know, you yeah. you hear about the development cycle that takes decades <laughs> sometimes for some games. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that that seems interesting. How far have you gotten along in the game? Like I said, I'm like practically at the very beginning. I only got past the first area. Oh, okay. So you're really just starting it then, right? Yeah. Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I I think I'm going to have to check it out because I know of it, but I don't think I've ever played it, you know? Yeah, I heard of that. I've heard of Prey beforehand, but I never really checked it out. And now it just makes me want to check it out. Oh, and one more thing. The best thing about this game What's that? Two things, actually. Oh, one. Okay. Smashing glass is so satisfying. Is there any gameplay elements attached to that? Like, if you smash glass, can you, like, you know, redirect people to go to that area and then swoop around and just kill them? I have not gotten that involved yet. Okay. (laughs) But (laughs) I just like it because normally glass in a game is this indestructible thing. That you just can never. It's just so satisfying. Any glass I come across, I just break it for mm, the hell of it. See, I'm gonna, hey, Jose. Get, I'm gonna get flack for this, but you know what oh. the best glass breaking game in history is? Oh gosh, The Last of Us Two. <laughs> you can. Well, break you know what? Window. It's a good thing Wolfie's not on this podcast because he'd have something to say about that right now. I would. You I, know? Would, I would get pushback that the the we would have to start. We would. We would have to have another debate. According according to physics, that the glass breaking has is is wrong. No, the glass breaking is awesome because not only can you break every glass of, of uh, every window in the game the sound effect is great it has that little ping that you don't normally hear when glass breaks in video games you just hear the glass shattering the sound effect is great but when you're walking around the area after you break the glass you hear the glass crunching under your feet that's so good there's a lot of detail to it but anyway i'm gonna move on before we get too caught up in a game that that is very divisive uh i'm yeah. sure half of the people that were listening have now left um, <laughs> like i said we'd have to have another debate episode on the effects of glass in the last of us part two you know the glass sound effects exactly other various details we've had too Um, many debates this this cycle this year so you know let's leave it at that i'm I'm gonna stay away from that i'm sure though when we get to our game of the year conversation i'm not saying that's my game of the year but i'm going to say that we're gonna have to have a small conversation about some i'm just gonna say this game of the year we're gonna we're gonna be talking about it shortly so you know that's that's all i gotta say it might be surprising that's all that i'll say Hmm. Hmm. and so the second thing that is Mm -hmm. really great about this game is that according to a blurb as I saw that I read as I was playing, there is no right or wrong way to approach a mission. It mm-hmm. all depends on how you build your um, 
how you build out your your character, what attributes you give him. So I, it's very it's very free range, and I'm like, oh, and you know what so game that sounds like? Interesting. You know what what game that sounds like? Oh, no. not The Last of Us Two. Oh. It sounds like Deus <laughs> that sounds like Deus Ex. Also, you need to play that game because if you like those elements of games, yeah, this game probably blows prey away. I'm not sure, but. With a lot of missions, you can climb through a vent. You can find somebody with a password or a key. You can hack it. You can hack it somehow. Uh, you hack can just kill everybody. Game, right? Yeah, you can do. You can probably complete every single mission in in Deus Ex five or six different ways. So, if you like Prey, I'm telling you now, you're gonna like Deus Ex. Um, so, the character the character customizations. What can you do with the character? So yeah. one of the things you can do, you can play, because there are multiple ways to approach a situation. So you'll be mm-hmm. faced with, like oh, you can hack your way around the game. Oh, yes. you can brute force your way through the game. Like, I'm not uh-huh. saying warrior style. You can do warrior style, too. Mm-hmm. But there are certain places where there are different obstructions. So, like, maybe you need to move a ton of boxes or move a pipe. You can put your, <laughs> I guess, skill points type thingies towards uh-huh. that. Or you uh-huh. could put it towards your hacking, or you could put it towards your warrior skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Different like types that. of warrior skills as yeah. well. So, like, you can be a tank, or can you be stealthy and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. Approach it you those different ways. Can. Mm-hmm. Deus Ex. <laughs> you know what? If I say that a couple of times while well, you know, know what, Jose? I'm saying, I'm not saying it's the same game, but. Those you know what, Jose? I'm, yes. I'm going to have to walk over to um, AJ's room and just put the the game cover right on his pillow. Just yeah. just just leave it there. Deus Ex. You yeah. know, maybe yeah. it'll inspire something. You know what I'm saying? Wake up and stare at it and be like, "When I finish Prey, I'm getting well, to this." I've I've tried that with Kotor and it hasn't hasn't really taken yet. We need that but, to happen so we can yes, have our I know. big Star Wars conversation about deconstruction. Just saying. you cannot talk about Star Wars and deconstruction hey, without KOTOR 1 and 2 especially. Hey, AJ, have, have you played KOTOR? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there is, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it this way. There is no reason. Fine. You don't want to do KOTOR. That's fine. KOTOR 2. Who is on the cover of KOTOR 2? But you guys are always telling Who me I have to play cover? number one. But that's what I'm you saying. You have to play one of them. Who is on Man. the cover of KOTOR 2? Please tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. It's Nihilus. And that's... <laughs> Say it again. One more time. Nihilus. Say it one more you time. Like that guy, <laughs> Who is your favorite Sith Lord of all time? That would be Nihilus. Hmm. Indeed. Again, asking Although, for a friend. I just gotta say though, but like, I, there are, have been these rumors that have been growing over the last <laughs> couple of years that Kotor is gonna get a re-release. So I kind of get the hesitation if that's the reason for it, and if not, that's not the reason I for don't it. Oh, what's wrong with you? That you I cannot lose all my saves. I'm 100 percent on board. <laughs> you won't save. lose your saves. You won't lose your saves. It'll it'll what translate. Happened? Because no, no, no. I had gotten a certain way toward pa- a certain way through the game, but as I was doing like a a console switch, I lost everything. Play it again. Uh, it's good it again. enough to play again. I've started to play it again. 
yes. beat it again, but I've played it like five times. It's worth. I'll it. probably anyway, play it a, a six times. You gotta play, play many games, Kotor, because that is related to a conversation we need to have. And you can't have it. We're not gonna have that conversation, Walt and I, without mentioning that property. It's just AJ, not possible. AJ, just play it. Play it, please. <laughs> just do it. Play it now. <laughs> just do it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, moving yeah, on. That, yeah, that wraps up uh, Prey. Oh, Prey. Okay. Prey and oh. Slay. All right. Pray all right. that you play KOTOR. Yeah. Please. And that and put that in, in Deus Ex under his pillow. KOTOR <laughs> oh, first. Because, that's that's yeah, going to be a pretty big pillowcase. Well, yeah. with all speaking, the games he has to play. Speaking Many. of moving on and transitioning, maybe we should carry on to carry in. Okay. 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 Go for it. Okay. Well, carry on or carry on? Let me put on, on my dank shades. Let's carry on. Uh, it's carrying. It's carry on. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure. It's Say carry-on. it right. It's Time. definitely okay. not carry on. Carrion. It's yes. it's um this is a video game that I I I heard about from PewDiePie. PewDiePie. He I, I don't remember when he played it, but he made a YouTube video on it and I was really PewDiePie. intrigued by the gameplay. PewDiePie mm-hmm. is awesome. But it's it's really interesting with the how how you play the game. Generally, because it's a reverse horror game, because you're 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 playing. Okay, I'm gonna put it to you this way. There's a monster taking over a facility with a bunch of military people and scientists. You don't play the people; you play the monster. What does that monster look like? It's like some sort of freaking octopus. Or octopus. So it's like the flood. Yeah, it's like the flood. It's like the flood, and it's it's really interesting how they do that because it's like an amoeba. Amoeba. What's an amoeba? <laughs> amoeba. Amoeba. Baba. It's like the smallest organism in existence. You don't wait oh. a second. You're you're going to high school. You don't know what amoeba is. An amoeba is, dude. Education seriously? has failed our children. <laughs> Science department sucks. Right, oh, time no. time to start watching Science Channel again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, I'll put it to you this way. The main mm-hmm. reason why I like this game is just because of the fact that you can kill people. You're just massacring every game. <laughs> everybody. But like this is different because you're just massacring everybody. And I'm doing a, such a, a great parenting that. job. <laughs> Not a sadist. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it's, it's fun. It's like, <laughs> thank you, Eli. Like you, there's so organs. much murder in, in video games that they have a name for it, though. So, like, how massacry are we talking about when it comes to massacring people? There has to be a next level. Because I just killed like 120 people in Ghost of Tsushima in one game. So, let's talk. Yeah, it's it's like is it, um... lev- is it that level of massacring? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess you could say that because you're like ripping body parts from people. You're you're eating them alive and only leaving their skeletons or sometimes you just eat them and swallow them whole. You basically just tear them apart 
and it's 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 really bloody and gore is kind of my thing so mm -hmm. it's just really fun to just destroy stuff okay so let's let's gore. let's analyze that last sentence that you just said it's really gory it's really fun Mm -hmm. Okay. That's gonna be my my line. I hope child services isn't listening to this podcast. Gory is not corny. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's not corny. That's a good thing. It's not right? corny. Yeah, yeah. It's not corny. It's 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 really good. And I'd suggest whoever is listening to this podcast, they should definitely play it. It's on Game Pass. So what kind of Xbox what kind of gameplay game are we talking about here? Is it a shooting game? Is it a no, third no, no. person game? Is it a side it's, scroller? Like what kind of game are we talking about here? It's not a side scroller per se. Um, it, it it has it's a it's a two D game. game. Yeah, it's definitely a two D game. You have you have freedom of movement. It's like a a puzzler platformer. I guess if, is the best way to kind of call it. But yeah, you know you're you're basically trying to figure out how to get to the next area. Um, I'm trying to think of another game that's similar to it. Sonic? Looking at it's photos. not really it's not, Sonic, though, Sonic because Sonic, you're moving looks forward. like gory flashback. I mean, you go back Something and forth like that, in Sonic. Something like that, yeah. Huh? You go back and forth in Sonic. You're usually moving yeah. forward, though. Uh, you true. know, you're, you're trying to get to Dr. Robotnik at the end. So there's He's, there's exploration there's elements to this game, yes. like a flashback or a zillion, which is something yeah, that came from. Thank you. That's the one that I was thinking about. Which you know, nobody it's, knows it's more that like is. that. I know. Probably. We're going way back into, like, the Sega. What was that? Genesis, I think. That was Master System. which Master was System, the, that's true. Which was you the, could say you you're like going back a zillion years. <laughs> real far back. Yeah, that's way back there. Uh -huh. Yeah, but it's kind of similar to that because you're 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 presented with like a uh, a portion of the facility, and you've got to figure out to, the way to get to the next part, right? Yeah, and okay. that's either through doors or. What are those holes in the wall? Like portals almost, right? Yeah, there there are the these portals 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 that you're supposed to activate and it's 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 really it's interesting how how they do it. One of my main uh things other than gore is just there's a certain thing to it that just makes it awesome. It doesn't really create it creates a story, but it's not fully explained. Okay. You just it's it. I guess since I haven't played f uh through the whole entire game, I'm kind of confused. But it it kind of seems it like it has a story. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like it is creating some sort of story. Um, uh, but I think it leaves it up to your mostly to your imagination. So it gives you like a baseline of very 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 not well fleshed out story like a yeah. very simple story that you kind of go with right yeah because it's good for horror i think yeah, yeah. that works it, you mainly that play mystery. the monster yeah uh -huh. but you mainly play the monster but there are times where you just switch characters you're forced to switch your character to, to like a scientist analyzing what's what's um in its path i guess mm -hmm. okay. uh, what it left behind and it's it's really interesting the awesome. cool thing, the cool thing is how it expands, right? Yeah, you got to talk about that because that's so. Cool. As you eat people, you expand and expand and expand, till it you're literally just 
an entire blob building filling a hallway just ramming straight ramming through everything tentacles all over yeah. the place and it's mm-hmm. it's mouths right yeah and it then it's like eight mouths or something like that right oh and then there's also this this thing where there are like these uh little capsules i guess okay um oh the thing that gives you the the powers right the powers yeah yeah that's cool you absorb dna whenever you break into those and squeeze inside you absorb the D- dna that allows you to use abilities like there's spider webs then there is a point where you can just turn into worms once you go into water and it's and they're like, actually very useful for very for um solving some of those puzzles oh, that you come God. across right yeah that reminds me of bioshock i forgot what you they called them uh what? that that mechanic it reminds me of bioshock you know the things you used to pick up from the plasmids yeah oh okay okay yeah 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 what what is there anything in the game that's like what what is threatening to a gigantic monster that can rip through hallways like how do yeah. they yeah. how can they there even stop you actually it's it's uh okay it's very you're gonna you're gonna think at the beginning of the game that you're overpowered but really mm-hmm. you're not once you get up to people with flamethrowers and miniguns and there's points where there are gigantic <sighs> robots just with freaking uh lasers there's plasma technology drones i forgot the turrets 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 oh yeah and okay. stuff like that and it really just there's a point where you're gonna have to get really 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 you're gonna have to be really really careful because okay. things like flamethrowers they mm. when you lose health you sort of you don't expand you you, you lose compress. yeah you compress and you lose point, mouths yeah you lose mouths and it to the point where it just you're dead yeah so so there's a i i, I don't remember i don't remember if you know there's do you don't do you know of this game it's on the the iphone so maybe but i'm sure they have it on android have you ever seen a game called uh zombies Susan zombie tsunami Oh, I remember right? that. So as you go, you start out as one zombie, but as you go along, you 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 gain like a a, a horde a horde of zombies. Yeah. It's kind of similar here, where you know you you can have this huge horde of zombies, but then as as you're getting hurt, you lose zombies until you're this one zombie, and then if that guy dies, then you're dead. Yeah, Carrion kind of follows that same gameplay mechanic where yeah. you know as okay, you okay. eat people you get exp- you expand and get bigger and have all these mouths but as you get hurt you lose it and you get you get smaller until you're that one little single cell amoeba and if that guy dies then you're dead so yeah. okay. it's kind of the same thing you know so yeah. if anybody's played zombie tsunami then you kind of know how the life meter i guess if you want to call okay. it works you know not to be confused with sharknado i guess Oh no! Please, no. please okay. stop! Please stop oh, right there! Yo, yeah, hey, stop! That's what we're doing. Halloween, we're doing a Sharknado marathon. We need to do Sharknado. I will boycott. No, we're no, doing no. it. I will it's, it's boycott. Happening. No, you can't do anything. You're stuck in this house house with us. I can go to my room, and we'll just. <laughs> I have it. some power. I, I control the internet, so I can I can do it. Then I will go to sleep early. I don't care if it's Halloween. <laughs> 
All right. Anyway, off topic. We're off topic. All right. That's okay, just so generally, just, that's just it. That's, that's it. That's all. That's it. That's, that's it. it. It's it's a really Nothing good else. game. It's done. Okay. We're finished. All right. Yeah. Okay. Majin Buu like meets that. zombie tsunami. Oh my gosh. Majin yeah, Buu meets that works. Yeah, Except there's no cookies. Doesn't, yeah, there's no well, cookies either. Them. Yeah, he does eat them, so that would kind and of. And if work. you lose them, you get less powerful. I feel like I'm missing. Evil blob. Okay. I feel like I'm so carrion, not carry oh, on, yes. not carry on, carrion, carrion. For what, what platform are you playing it on, Eli? Currently, Xbox. Xbox. Game but Pass. But it is on, but it is on Switch, right? Yeah. I'm and I think sure. it's on PC as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. Okay, but anybody who has Game Pass can quickly and easily access it. So that's one of the best ways to check it out if you already have Game Pass. Check out Carrion on xbox game pass or game pass ultimate or whatever the heck it's called which game right pass now. is awesome by the way game pass is pretty good and we definitely yes, can't is. wait to have more conversations about that when we have a chance to use it on newer systems and all of that did you pre-order now, any of the new systems i have not yet i'm yeah, i'm me neither gonna wait on that i guess i have like a brief conversation i'm still gonna wait on that because even though i'm a uh you know an avid gamer the rest just as much as the rest of you guys I still have a, a number of PlayStation 4 games to finish, another of Xbox yeah. games to finish. And yes, I know they're backwards compatible. I do understand that. But at the same time, I just want to get this stuff out of the way, and I want to wait for the current, the new generation. Um, as we know, us Xbox fans who are familiar with issues like the Red Ring of Death and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get one of these Series Xs and having a Red Ring of Death and having that whole problem. And then maybe, like, was the case, if you all remember... At first, they weren't fixing Xboxes with Red Rings of Death. They were forced to do that eventually after people complained. So I don't. I just don't want to deal with that headache. I actually had. I actually had a number of consoles with the Red Ring of Death, and mm-hmm. yeah. And the the funny thing is, is that I for whatever reason, the very first one that I bought that had that issue, I kept it for like, I kept it in the box and I just put it away. You know, mm-hmm. I never. I never did anything. I. I I'm pretty sure somewhere in this in this house it's still around somewhere. It's probably okay. gathering like dust and stuff. But you know what? I'm I'm taking a similar tack to you. I'm waiting um before I I drop 500 bucks on on one of these consoles. Um and just like you, I have a number of games I still have to finish like for just on the PS4 alone, I still have to finish Spider-Man. I still mm-hmm. have to finish um, Z- Horizon Zero Dawn, which is an awesome game, by the way. Um, yeah, you started you started it a little bit. It's, I did. Really, I've gotten I've gotten pretty. I'm not gonna say pretty far, but I've gotten I put in a number of hours in that game, and that game is super awesome. Yeah, but it's again, like a slightly different take on something like Ghost of Tsushima with the open world elements. I think, and, and see, that's place. the problem because you know, Absolutely. game of the year, Ghost of Tsushima, is mm-hmm. eating up all of my time. You know, Ooh, we have a, so. we have a commitment to game of the year then. I still have to finish Final Fantasy seven remaster or remake, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of games I got to finish. Yeah. So but, you I know, game that. of the year Ghost Tsushima is, is taking up all of my time. You know, it is taking but, up quite a bit of our time. Yeah, and we'll get to anyway. That. We'll get yeah. to Game of Thrones later at the end. You of the got a uh, to oh, do right now. You did Whoops. it again. Did it again. 
I could do it again. No, no, don't do that, man. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, you, Ghost of Tsushima later on, for sure. Yeah. You got a geek out to do right now, man. I do have a geek out to do. So, what am I geeking out about this week? I am going to, it's a little bit of a general geek out. It's not going to be super specific because what I will say that I'm geeking out about is um, I have, let's say, quote unquote, returned to the movie theater, quote unquote. Uh, I saw a movie, quote unquote, at a drive in, quote unquote. Nice. A drive in theater. Um, actually, Queens. New York at the New York Hall of Science. They did uh they did a, a something with rooftop films and with Amazon Prime and New York Hall of Science did a drive-in movie series for the new release of Borat's subsequent movie film, which I'm not gonna talk about today. Because it's <laughs> a little too R-rated, Ooh. X-rated, and over not overrated, but like it's it's way too out there for probably most of our audience and for the young men that are doing the podcast with us um especially eli it's it's very very raunchy it's very funny it's very political i won't get into the politics of it it's terrifying also it is terrifying as well (laughs) but uh, that's for that's the reason why i I really enjoy sasha baron cohen um to be honest because the character of borat himself is he's funny he's not hilarious necessarily because the catchphrase is over and over again you know they can definitely be funny in the right situations. And some of the not. ways that he understands people can be funny, funny, not, not, <laughs> but it's really about the people that he fools. And I think that that's, what's so great about Borat and about Bruno, about Ali G about this Borat subsequent movie film sequel, which I saw at the drive-in, which I'm really excited about getting to a movie again, even if it was a socially distanced experience, it was awesome. And also, for those who haven't seen it, those who don't know about it, uh, he had a Showtime, one season of a show on Showtime mm-hmm. called Who is America? Yeah. That's also very, very good and very, very interesting and very, very terrifying at the same time. Very, very. But I'm, yeah, I've just been excited about the fact that I got to see a drive-in movie, which was awesome and which was fun and which was pretty great because they gave us free popcorn. I got a Borat t-shirt that says very twice on it instead of very nice. <laughs> Um, okay. I got like these socks with like red, white, and blue Borat socks, a Borat 2020 Make America Nice Again pin. Oh, so they gave you all, like Amazon gave out all this swag. So it was like, welcome back to the movie theaters. Here's some free stuff. Enjoy the movie. And it was a drive-in movie. So like instead of, you know, people like laughing along or whatever else as they would in a the movie theater, People were honking their horns and flashing their lights. And it's actually pretty fun in the context of that, of watching a movie that way for like a character to tell a joke and then somebody just honk their horn real quick. It kind of accentuates and it makes it even a little bit funnier in some cases. So that was fun. And that was an awesome experience. And again, we're all excited to get back into movie theaters again, one way or another. We're thinking of ways we can do it while socially distancing. And when I say we, I mean the crew specifically, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, the drive-in was a great way to do that and socially distance the way we're doing with the podcast to stay safe. So I was definitely geeking out about that. Borat I'm going to say, so. say one thing. Yeah. High five. High five. Very nice. nice. I like you. Very you nice. Like and um, I'm going and... to ask one thing. Yes. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just need yeah, to go ask. Mm-hmm. Honking. Yeah, I can find that becoming easily obnoxious when I'm trying to hear oh, no, what no, no. these it's, guys are trying to say. 
So yeah, how I'll tell does you that what, work? Well, the reason why it was a little bit easier is because the sound didn't come from the screen you put on a radio station in your car. Oh, exactly. it comes through radio perfectly. And you know your windows are pretty much closed because they're enforcing that because of social distancing again and all of those those things. So you can crack like one of your windows on the left side, mm-hmm. but that's it. So like when people honk, not only they're not like you know leaning on the horn like somebody might do if they're annoyed in traffic. Somebody might like do a quick little honk. You might like hear two or three cars honk real quick after like a good joke or like somebody says something that they that they agree with. So it doesn't get it definitely didn't get annoying, you know, because it wasn't too loud. It was fun. If if you guys get a chance to find a way, I mean, you, the, the crew, Walt, Eli, AJ and of course, Ami, if you get a chance to go see a movie at a drive in at some point, yeah. check it out. It's a lot of fun. I've actually seen two films recently. Uh, at the drive-in and the other one i saw was um actually a documentary um so you know i considered a movie going experience i consider this more so a movie going experience in a sense because it's a fictional movie and like more of a more of a big release tentpole the other movie that i saw in a drive-in i saw in brooklyn at the navy yard if i'm not mistaken i saw yeah and that's new right documentary that's relatively new but they've been doing it for a while because i saw endgame uh, a third time really? there, fourth time there, last okay. summer. Yeah. See, one yeah. of one of the things that we haven't, why we haven't done drive-throughs is because the times that I have looked, it's all the way upstate in New York, and it's like, you know, to get to the movie theater, it mm-hmm. takes a movie to get up there. It's like a two or three hour yeah. drive for us, you know. So it's it's kind of dumb because there's there's places in Queens and in New York that are doing Long Island. Long Island's got plenty of space to do it, you know, Queens, Brooklyn. There's, there's the rooftop. I can see see it being some stuff there. Yeah. I can see it a little bit harder in the boroughs because we're just so tightly packed here, but you know what? Long Island is, is a big open space. You have places where you can do it. I know we've been to movies Mm. over there, but on the lawn, right? Like in the park, where they set up this big screen and everybody brings yeah. a, a chair and whatnot yeah. and we watch it. So you could do drive-throughs in Long Island. You just got to figure it out, you know? That's actually, that's normally what Rooftop Films does. Um, because, yeah, no, when I went to see Avengers, it wasn't a drive-in movie. It was a, oh, a okay. seats. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I confused that. But it was in the same venue out okay. there on um, on the Navy Yard, the Brooklyn Navy Yard. That's still Navy cool. Yard. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's a little different dynamic now because of what's going on, you know? Yeah, it's still cool, though. I, and it's definitely a good way to experience a movie when you just can't really do it right now, especially in New York. You know, we're just getting movie theaters to open again. We're the last of the 50 states to do that. Yeah. But you can have your own opinion on that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to Is California open? Yeah, California. It, we're, California we is open? Last, we are the last state to have movie theaters open up. We are wow. definitely the state to have movie theaters okay. open up. That just happened on the 23rd, right? Yes. And I saw Borat. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's just happening. We're the last state to do it out of all 50 states, which, again, you know, whatever your opinion is on that, that's just the fact. Okay. I'm not going to get into my particular opinion about that because we can get pretty deep into it. But yeah. So, so anyways, Rooftop Films is a great way to check out drive-in movies or right now. They're trying to do it as much as they can. Um, AMC, which is on the ropes right now, might go out of business. They're doing private screenings That's for horrible. up to 20 of your friends. That's so that's something we may or may not explore. You know, like I said, we want to try to get back to the movie theater experience. We I don't heard want to it's lose ma- 
experience. I heard it's mad expensive. Like like they touted it as I being ninety nine dollars, but um, I was reading somewhere that you know depending on the market that you're in, they mark it up. And then there are other extenuating, like, for example, the guy well, that I can give you the specifics. I know the was, specifics. Oh, you do? Okay. So it's $99 for older movies. If you want to go there see an older go. movie, it's $99 to rent out a whole theater from AMC with you and your friends. That is a flat $99. So if you want mm-hmm. to go see, I think like, like uh, Inception was like one of the movies you can watch or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can see that for 99 bucks with your friend. If it's a new film, and when I say new, I mean New Mutants, Tenet, Tenet. The War on Grandpa, which I'm not going to watch, but it nah. is a new film. <laughs> we'll pass. Uh, starring Bobby De Niro. Yeah. The new films, depending on the market, are between $150 and $350. That's, yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I that's heard. So. so it depends on the movie. It depends on the theater, yep. how much you're going to pay for a new movie. That said, if it's like $150 or $200, I'm I'm still down to do it because if you get like 10 or 20 of your friends, it's still a pretty reasonable price. It's the same as going to see a movie regular priced, basically, if you do it like that with a small group of friends. And if you have the whole theater to yourself, it's you can socially distance. But nope. yeah, the, so yeah, for everyone who's not clear on that, that's how they're doing it at AMC. It's $99 for as many people as you want, up to 20 for a private showing of older movies and it's between 150 and 350 for the newer movies. Okay. So for anybody who's interested in doing that. So that's my first geek out. And the other ones, like I said, are going to be a little bit smaller, a little bit more general, but it's mainly like excitement about things that are coming out. We got the Mandalorian next week. So super excited about that. Super excited about getting ready to talk about that with you I'm sorry. Continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. Super ready to sing about it, too, like we did. I know, right? Last season, we could do our acapella version of the theme song. So I'm super excited to see that. Actually, pretty much all this is sci-fi because it's Mandalorian that's coming out. We have the Expanse coming out in December, which is the can't the wait for that, date, right? The Expanse, yeah, I can't wait for that. And I've been watching the show that everybody thinks is the best sci-fi show of all time, all over again, Battlestar Galactica, with my girlfriend, and she's loving it. She's a big sci-fi fan, so I'm watching that over again, and I'm kind of geeking out about like how great that show was for the time. Not even just for the time; it's a great show. Period. There are some things that you notice that are tropes of the time period. Yes. That's okay, honestly. That's fine with me because, again, it's a great, great show, great acting. Uh, I'm I'm actually saddened when I watch it and I see how many of these actors are not household names in other shows. It's, it's really kind of annoying to me because they're such good actors. Um, so... You know, that, that's something that's kind of like a bittersweet part about watching Battlestar Galactica again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm watching Battlestar Galactica again. Like I said, the, I got it on Blu-ray because it's kind of hard to find in other places. And I figured, you know what? I'm going to go old school with this one. I'm going to buy it. It's the, on the Amazon. The box set. It is, but it's like $40 a season or $30 a season, whereas the whole Blu-ray no. box set is like 80 bucks. You can, you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. That's how we were doing it. Not anymore. I checked. Oh, they I checked, took it off? It's not there anymore. Yeah, it's not there anymore. Oh, so it, you know what? They probably, probably they probably moved it to Peacock then. 
Let me see. You know? Yeah, you have to buy it on Amazon Prime Video. It's a dollar ninety nine. Oh, that sucks. Because we, remember, we did like a fifteen twenty episodes a season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a we did a binge watch, um, and we did it all through Amazon. So you know, we I I did we did everything except for like we got through the middle of the last part of the season, and I think you know. And and this is my opinion, and I know I don't mean to hijack, but I'm just going to put this out there because, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my thing was that I, and and I guess it's because of the nature of how we were watching it, we were binge watching it, you know, back back to back to back to back, but I noticed that there were recurring themes that were happening almost every episode, and for me at least, and my wife who was the one that I was watching with, mm-hmm. we were kind of getting tired of seeing the same thing, and and again. I think maybe if we had seen it kind of the way it was meant to be seen, where it's like you, you get it one week here and then you kind of forget it and come back and stuff. But for us, and this is just my opinion only, and it's an awesome show. I'm not mm-hmm. discounting it in any way. But, you know, by towards the end, and I love sci-fi. You know that, right? But, mm-hmm. like, toward the end, it was just like, okay, this is happening again. I mean, how many times is this going to happen, you know? It, it, that was my issue with the show. The show in general is awesome. And maybe that's just my, you know, preconceived notions of how things, you know, work. But, you know, it was just one of these things where it's like, ugh. You know, we're well, hitting that same theme again. Can we just move past? It's like in Supernatural, where in Supernatural, right? We were just discussing this. Supernatural, yeah. Sam and Dean lie to each other all the time. And it's yes. been the issue for 15 seasons. I'm, And, you know, at this point, it's like, guys, can we just move past that? I kind of felt that in Battlestar Galactica just a little bit, you know, but that's I, just me. I will say this. And then I don't want to spoil it. And then, you know, we can we can move on to the rest of the geek outs as well. Yeah, sorry about that. The the no no no. Well, I'm pretty much done with my with my geek out this week. Besides being looking forward to like the expanse and things like that. Like I said, and of course, our main topic is something that I've been geeking out about, but I'm not going to talk about it because it's our main topic. Yeah. Um, but with Battlestar Galactica, the repetition is the point. You have to finish it to understand. Okay, that's and maybe that's maybe that's the reason why. But it, it was for me, it was getting a little grating. You know, but I like, do see what you're yeah. saying. I do see what you're saying because, like, minor spoilers. Like, well, we're watching season three. We're on season three, and there's that whole part where Gaius. This is after they like settle on the new planet for a brief period of time. He's an awesome then, character, by the way. He's a great character. Yeah, absolutely he's one of the ones that that falls into the repetition you're talking about to be fair yeah, and i yeah. love the actor I, he's fantastic james callis mm-hmm. like i said he's one of those actors that i'm like why is he not in more stuff he was in castlevania by the way oh yeah he's in yeah, castlevania he's, he's he does in castlevania. yes he does okay. so he's out there he's doing stuff but i don't know how much forward facing he is with the camera but he he is still actively working so i had a thought that i'll that i'll share and maybe you guys can geek out about this thought because it's just something that he could have done okay but i'll say this he's there at the part where he's already they've he was like the president and they Mm -hmm. like enslaved everybody on the new planet for a bit and then they all escaped again and then he's with the the cylons he's like kind of captured captive with the cylons Mm-hmm. That whole storyline where it's him week after week after week after week having the conversation with number seven, 
about yeah. like God and and fate and destiny and him being in this weird bedroom that's kind of like my my girlfriend said it was like twin they were trying to do something out of Twin Peaks. That's repetitive. Those storylines can get repetitive. And even she said, like, I just want to move past this storyline already. I'm getting sick of him and number seven having the same conversation over and over again, even though he's a great actor he needs to interact with other people besides her all the time. That's kind of a trope that he, that she doesn't like. And she also doesn't necessarily like number seven's character because she noted that she talks without opening her mouth most of the time. So we call her teeth talk. Um, (laughs) Does she do that in uh, Lucifer? She's she's on Lucifer. She She does it. She mainly does it when she's playing the evil version of her character, though. She doesn't do it when she plays the more innocent, nice version of number of or one of the other seven copies. That's more benevolent. Uh, Trisha Helfer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lucifer's mom is. She is. But she does fall back on that, like, gritted Uh teeth to talk to to him, (laughs) to talk to to guys, Baltar's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I will say this though. I will say this, and I'll and then I'll close it with this, and you guys can take this as far as you want. But don't you think, Walt? You would probably know this the best. Actually, yeah, you guys have seen Lucifer, and he's and she and well, no, he's not on that. I'm sorry, Walt. You would know this more than anybody else. Yeah, she is on that. Uh, well, I'm talking about Gaius's character. Oh, oh, he's Alucard. He yes, Alucard in in Castlevania, by the way. But his look, his style of acting, his the way that he he acts. He could have been a different, but still very interesting take on drumroll Loki in the I agree. MCU. I agree. I He's got that sniveling quality, you know yes. that, that you you always see. You know it it, it there just boiling underneath. You see that everything is about him and how he can manipulate a situation to make it make him come out of it on the other side better. Yeah, right. he, he he seems he, like he a coward, but he's also still very dangerous. Which is yeah, he's because he manipulates you mentally and stuff. You know, he's yeah. he's he's got that that snarky. Um, he does it so well. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So. Exactly. There's a yeah. line that that I'm reminded of that was really good, and I'm just gonna say it because I think it's I was reminded of it, and I feel like it's one of the best lines of the series that he says to someone while he's being tortured to one of the Cylons. He says, um, "What is it? If we all if we knew God's will, then we would all be gods, wouldn't we?" And I thought that that was a pretty interesting and very very impressive line delivered very very well by one James Callis. But yeah, that's me. That's my big old geek out for the week um and i would like to know what everybody else is geeking out about right well now. if it's any consolation just a quick side note mm-hmm. walt did point out to me that one of the guys from Battlestar galactica was coming on to supernatural okay that being <laughs> he he's playing adam oh. as in the first man which is going to be yes. interesting um, he, oh gosh, what was, it, what was his name? He played the right-hand man to, um, well, no, no, not the right-hand man, but he played the, the, the tech officer on Battlestar Galactica to, to Commander Adama. Um, oh, oh God, what's his name? Was, it's not, it's not the, the older guy. It's the, the guy oh with the God. salt and pepper hair. You know who I'm talking about, right? He 
was the first officer? Not, yes. not Spanish kid or Spanish looking kid? Got yeah. Gaeta? Gaeta? Yes, I no? think that's him. I think that's him. Oh, yes. okay. Um, that would be Alessandro Giuliani is his name. Hold on. I'm, I'm gonna I'm him. gonna I that sounds like him, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna Google him real quick. I guess um, let's see. Cause he's a great actor as well. Like another one that I'm just like, what the heck dude? Like, why is he not? Yep. That's the guy. Yeah. Yep. That's see, so another great actor and you see, you'll get to see it as well. AJ, like what a good actor. Some of these people he's you so probably good. seen it in, in, you know, in Lucifer, Trisha Helfer is a good actress. Again, you've heard it in Castlevania with this guy, James Callis, I'm sure. And now you'll see with Alessandro Giuliani, this will give you more reasons to watch Battlestar Galactica is what I'm saying. All these yeah. actors are fantastic. Michael Hogan, actually, I'm going to give him a quick shout out because he played uh, Saul Ty. He played the older the older gentleman who was the first officer, as you mentioned, Walt. And it's pretty sad for fans of the show, for fans of sci-fi. He had a stroke, I think, about a year ago. Oh, did he? He's, yeah, he's in oh, bad. Wow. Like all the Battlestar Galactica actors are you know, shouting it out on Instagram. And they're like, you know, send money. He's like a sci-fi staple. And again, Michael Hogan, another person who is incredible on Battlestar Galactica. Great, great, great actor. Um, so I just want to take a moment to, to say he's in our thoughts. He's in, he's in our thoughts, and we hope that he can recover as best as possible. He is paralyzed one side oh, because of the stroke. I, I know him. Um, it, it, it seems like most of the, yeah. the most of the actors have been kind of relegated to character actors in in different shows and you know, playing much. playing the supporting roles and stuff. But there only... there are some really talented people on that, you know. Carathrace. Yeah. I mean... And hey, Peacock is supposedly doing a movie, you know, a follow up movie to Battlestar Galactica. So you know, That's let's true. let's see how that goes. So let's see what happens when they return to the to the. Battlestar Galactica storyline, but Dang. for me, that's that's it, guys. That's what I'm geeking out about this week. All right, so I guess that leaves that leaves me, right? So, um, I, I'm geeking out about something that I've discussed before, and I, you know, I, I try and put it out there as much as possible because I, I want people to see this show, and this is a show that's on Cinemax. And no, it's not one of these shows that I remember back in the days. People used to think Cinemax as being Skinemax, you know, yeah. where you had all those, you know, adultish type of movies and stuff, right? But if you look at Cinemax nowadays, they really, really have embraced the action genre, you know? Um, the, the, the series that they pump out from that, that show, some of them, you know, they, they come, come from over the pond. Um, there was a show that I used to watch called Strike Back, which is an excellent show. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure and stuff. But if you love action series, that's a show that you would like to see. Um, they also have shows like Quarry, which lasted for, I think, one season, which had Tom Hardy light on it. Um, which was uh what what's that guy's name? Um Scott Green. They, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. You know. Um and that was a pretty good show while it lasted. Now not the greatest the greatest thing, but you know, it was it was a very interesting show. Right now, all of us are currently watching the newest action show come to come out of Cinemax, and we spoke about that the last time, which is Warrior, which is a show that's based on Bruce Lee's writings mm -hmm. and it, 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 it you guys did right 
out. Yeah, exactly. Listeners. Mm-hmm. But the show that I'm geeking out over, and, and this is probably, in my mind, one of the best action shows that I've seen in a long time, is Banshee. And that was on Cinemax. And that, that was, um, it came out maybe, I want to say, about 10 years ago, give or take. 2009, right? 2009. So... Um, and it lasted four seasons, but it's interesting to watch because that's where we have Homelander from The Boys. And that's one of the first times that I've ever seen him, Anthony Starr, and he plays the starring role. Um, Actually, no, the show came out in 2013. Okay, thank you. I started watching it as well, actually, because of your recommendation. So how how do you like it before I continue? Because, you know, I, I like I said, I've I've seen it before and yeah. now we're rewatching and now we're close to the end of season two. Uh-huh. And it's just as good as it was the first time that I watched it. And so just to get people to know what the show's about in general before we go on. Um, there is a Anthony Starr plays a character. We don't know his name. But he, sh- yeah. Right. But we show up. We sh- he shows up after doing a 15 year stint in jail for stealing diamonds with a partner of his, um, who also happens to be his girlfriend. Um, and he gets out of jail and he goes looking for her because not only does he want to find her, but she also has the diamonds. So he shows up in. Bancy, Pennsylvania. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the first place that he stops is a bar in Banshee. And he sits down and he talks to the bar owner. His name is Sugar. And he becomes a regular in the show. And as a regular in everything. Yeah. Which, <laughs> who is played by um, uh, Frankie Faison, who's a great actor in of itself, right? Was in uh, Luke Cage, I think, one of the more recent things that he was in that I've yeah. seen. Yeah. So he he's hanging out at the bar, and the future sheriff of Banshee shows up because I, what happened to the? I think he died, right? He died. Uh, on the no, job he they left. had to they had to replace him because they were looking into Proctor. Okay, yeah, there it is. So the brand new sheriff shows up uh, a day early, and ends up at this bar. And then two of the local thugs come in. There's a huge fight. The sheriff dies. The two thugs die, um, thanks in large part to Anthony Starr's character. And so what does any self-respecting criminal that's coming out of jail after being there for 15 years and looking for his girlfriend and looking for uh, the diamonds that she has and knowing that she's in that community? I'm going to take the identity of the sheriff that just died. Why not? Yeah. And so hilarity ensues, you know. And so, you know, um, the whole show is about him trying to become the lawman of this Amish country town. And, you know, there is corruption. There is a, you know, a particular figure in that town who is, I guess you would say, kind of like a gang, a gang lord. Right. I would say. Amish gang lord. Amish gang lord. He's a great character. And yeah. that's what that's what I love about Banshee is because you know what? You can you can make a show like this and just focus clearly on the action and the action is great, but they take the time to really, really flesh out these characters. And that's what I love about this show because you know exactly who these characters are, you know the actions that they would take. And I Jose, 
tell me if you agree with me. There's really no character that's either good or bad. They're all different shades of gray. That seems to be the case so far. Um, what I will say is that that I think that a good a good example early on. I've seen about four episodes in the first season, so I haven't gotten super super far yet. But I can give you a the gist of it. And I think one of the things that gives you the gist of the show is one of the more fun fights from the first few episodes. I don't recall the character's name, but this is a spoiler. Um, the when he fights that MMA guy that comes to Banshee. Oh, oh yes. Oh. That was so satisfying. Yeah, that jerk who, like, hurt that poor woman, abused that poor woman. Like, he's basically, he's a womanizer. He's a jerk. He assaults women. This MMA guy, he beats people up for no reason. He's, like, basically the worst kind of person. And he's just bullying people. And then the main character goes to arrest him, um, which... The, the bad guy does not want him to do because he's a businessman and bringing an MMA fight to the town brings money to the town, which brings mm -hmm. money to him. And that's kind of like the gray area that you're talking about because he genuinely seems to want to make Banshee a better place, the right. bad guy. Mm -hmm. But also it makes him a hell of a lot of money and gives him a hell of a lot of a power, a hell of a lot of power to do so, to like rule over this. He's like a big fish in this small pond kind of. Right. But like that's a good example of like character building too because – you know, he beats that guy up and shows that he's not going to be corrupted. He's not going to just like do the standard thing that everybody else does, even though this guy is a freaking jewel thief that just got out of prison. He has some sense of morality. He's like, I'm not going to let this guy get out of prison for an extra night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just because he's some rich MMA guy, he still deserves justice. And the fight's really cool. And then the line at the end of the fight is really cool because the, the one female cop that's, uh, you know, a part of that he's the sheriff of, of the town, obviously. So the one female cop that works for him says that he's going to be like the old boss, the old corrupt sheriff. Yeah. And then as he's walking away after those two beat the crap out of each other, him and the MMA guy, and he, he wins by fighting dirty, which the MMA guy doesn't do as much, actually, which, again, interesting mm -hmm. black and white stuff there. Um, he says to her, um, well, she says she says a line from a song meet the new boss same as the old boss and then he walks past her all beaten up and he says meet the new boss as in like i am not the same as mm -hmm. that last guy right so character building moments like that oh it's and, great yeah a lot of that goes into the show it tells the story through the action which is an effective way for a show to to be an action movie that's why i like that's why we had our favorite movies of the last decade that's why mad max basically was my favorite movie of the last decade because it's an action film from start to finish but there's an incredible story being told in in the midst of and indeed by those action scenes there, so that's my take on banshee there are literally characters that only last for an episode yes. and are just I'm sure. awesome i'm and, sure and, and see that that's the oh thing because man. you take it you take a character that in essence, probably in any other show would be a throwaway character, and you devote an entire episode of building his character and and the dynamics of all the characters around him that you know gravitate towards him, and then you kill him off at the end, very end of the episode, and that's why I love it because they they find ways to give you really enriching characters in not a lot of time and 
you know, literally you're like, oh man, I wish I had seen more of that because he was so interesting in the 40 minutes that I seen, I saw him, you know? Uh, so it's, it's like uh GOT goes to Tsushima. Oh no, no. I mean, game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right? But I, I mean, I, I'm telling you that, you know, there, are, there are so many, so many, you know, moments in the show that, Mm-hmm. you're just like wow that that's amazing wow i can't believe it and you know the thing about it is that these are characters that once you get to know them you know you you understand what they do you believe what they do and there's no going back where it's like why did he do that why they're very consistent in how everything works and i love how the town is a character i love the interplay between um the sh- the main character, Anthony Starr, who is Luke, Lucas Hood, the sheriff, right? That's the identity yeah. that he's assumed. Mm-hmm. And the interplay between him and his own police department. You know, he's got Brock, the guy who thought he was going to be the sheriff. And he's the by-the-book guy. And he sees Lucas Hood breaking every single rule there is in terms of policing. And, you know, he has this this interplay is like oh are we gonna really let this guy do this again like how many times is he gonna break the the law being a lawman you know yes he gets results but this is the wrong way to do it right and i also love the fact that the sheriff's department the police department because the last one burned down they're working out of an old cadillac dealership (laughs) (laughs) and literally there's a cadillac in in the show in the 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 department itself i mean (laughs) these are the things that make banshees you know as a town so interesting and the characters are so well thought out of um i I, like i said can i just yeah yeah stop you for a second a little bit he kind of reminds me of kingpin because um proctor proctor Proctor. he does he does you know because he's like a very skinny amish frail looking yeah, you would never know that it's he's a he's as much of a badass as he is, you know. Well, you get those hints in the early episodes where he does like he beats the crap out of one, he beats one guy's face in, and he like has the dogs eat some other guy. Like you can get this sense that like, and like he takes off his shirt, he has those weird tattoos. You get this physically imposing sense from this guy, even though he's not that big a dude. Like you know, he's gonna be able to kick some ass when he finally starts to fight, and I don't know that, but you guys probably know that. And, and like I said, with him, he's so interesting because the interplay with him, he he is an Amish. He is of Amish faith, I guess that's what you would call it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. his family has lived in Banshee for what he said, 150 years. A long and, time. And so he yeah. has a brother there. He has a father, and but he's been kicked out of the Amish community and he doesn't have any relations with his family because of the actions that he takes and how anti-Amish he is. You know what I'm saying? His niece is the only one that I've seen that he has a relationship with so far. Right, exactly. And you've seen... Separated herself to a certain extent from the Amish community as well. Yeah, man. So, like I said, that's, that's what I've been geeking out and, you know, I can't recommend this show enough. If you really love action, you really got to check out Banshee because, you know, you won't be disappointed. It's four seasons. I think each season is like, what, eight to ten episodes long. So yeah. you can get through it pretty, pretty quickly. But I guarantee you, 
If you love action, you really got to check it out. Anytime somebody asks me, hey, what's a good show that's got lots of action? The first thing I say is Banshee. You got to watch Banshee. So, and you know. quick shout out to Frankie Faison again because I was just remembering the latest thing that he's going to be in is he is in The Expanse season five. Get out of here, really? Yeah, look at I watch the trailer. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I know you sent it to me and, and I was super yeah. excited, but I haven't Not, actually sat down and seen it yet. Mild spoiler, mild spoiler. He is somebody from Amos's past, Murder Snuggles past. That's what well, that's like what him. I we call him, Murder Snuggles. Um, me and my girlfriend call Amos murder snuggles cause he's like a big baby that kills people. But yeah, he's, he's somebody connected to Amos's past intimately cause Amos oh, goes back wait. in season five. I so, can't wait. and Frankie Faison, I, by the way, I think that's a little bit of a cool Easter egg and then I will move on. I promise you. But like Frankie Faison, one of his most famous roles is from the wire, which takes place in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And now he's returning in a show about space. He is still in Baltimore. I just thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Awesome. Anyways, The Expanse Season 5. Like I said, I was geeking out about that, too. Y'all got to watch it because it's freaking great, and we got to get Wolfie to watch it because he hasn't watched it yet, and that's blasphemy. Yes. It's terrible. Um, so let's move on. What do you think, guys, to our main topic? GOT, Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. Game Ghost of the of year. Game of the year candidate. I will go that far for In myself. In my mind, game of the year. It's a game of the year. You That's were, it. You were already on, on board. Well, I was. This, was. this was the game that we all bought, not just because you suggested it, but like everybody who got The Last of Us 2, well, you haven't gotten it yet, but no. Wolfie got it to try it because I wanted, thought it would be game of the year candidate, and I got Final Fantasy Remake, which I have to finish because that is a game of the year candidate as well. But yes, let is let us talk my game of the year candidate and Walt's game of the year pick. Period. Uh, period. Ghost Heart of stop. Since it is your game of the year, Walt, can you give us a bit of a breakdown as to why you love it so much, and get the conversation started, if you will, since this is your love, your your first love in terms well, of game. Like I said, game of the year, Ghost of Tsushima. Um. When th- this was one, another one of these games that kind of quote unquote had been announced years ago, and you know, everybody was waiting on it. I saw it the first time and I was super excited. I, I happen to have a love for anything samurai, I love watching samurai movies. You know, I, I try to read up as much as possible, I have comics, you know, um, and things of that nature. So when I saw that, you know. My my thing was that this is something that I pray and hope was going to come out and come out well done. And so, you know, we didn't hear about Ghost of Tsushima for maybe about a year or two. It was it was kind of one of these things where they announced it and then nothing. There was no one in 2017, something like that. And and. Like there was no new news. It was just you know here's here's what we're working on. See you two years from now. You know we're yeah. not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna say anything about it. And so when you know it dropped, I think last year that they were you know not only releasing it but getting ready to release it. That's the point where I actually pulled the trigger and bought myself a PS4. The only reason that i i i wanted yeah 
the only reason that I bought a PS4, because I'm an Xbox guy, you know, I have been, I've had, a, I've had Sega, Dreamcast. Um, I think the, I had the play, the original PlayStation. And I think I had the PlayStation 3, but I never really used it all that much. I'm well, more of an Xbox. Yeah, the PlayStation 3, right? Yeah, I, that's the only one I didn't have uh, that I didn't purchase. And then, yeah, you, you gave me that one. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I just and again, it's it's not anything negative about the PlayStation, but I've always been an Xbox fa- fan, and that was that's just my thing. But when they announced that Ghost of Tsushima was on its way, that's when mm-hmm. I said, okay, now I'm gonna buy me a PS4, and that's the only reason. Now there are some great games on PS4, no doubt. Absolutely, but the singular experience. the singular reason that I bought a PS4. And I even told my wife, I was like, listen, I'm spending 400 bucks <laughs> just for one game. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. But, you know, if if she played, she would understand. My kids know. They understand. You guys know. They understand. So That's why, that's why timing-wise, I pulled the trigger on my PlayStation 4, not for Ghost of Tsushima, but for The Last of Us 2. So I understand. I understand. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Tell us it, more. It, so when it came out, I was super excited and and I jumped on as quickly as possible. And you know what? Not for nothing, Ghost of Tsushima does not disappoint. It it is a game that is steeped in history because there is historical. There's a historical account of the Mongols first landing in Tsushima prior to their invasion of of Japan. And just like in the game, they were sent back. They were sent packing by the 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 inhabitants of Tsushima, and the exciting thing is, is that if you go to history, there is a second invasion of go of Tsushima, and we're hoping that with the announced sequel, well, was it really announced? It's it's no. rumored, right? The thing that I've seen as as that's hinting toward is, is they have some some they have writer. ads writers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sequel. So there's there and and it is supposedly from the Wantad something that's hinting towards it being in mainland Japan, which would which would line up with the history of this because the first invasion, like you said, occurred of Tsushima and they were repelled by the by the people of the island. Right. And just in the game, the storm actually was a huge factor as to why the Mongols uh, failed in their invasion because the storm actually in real life is what stopped their invasion. It destroyed thousands of their ships. Yeah. So they couldn't, they couldn't actually take over Tsushima. But in this case, we get the ghost, right? Yeah. Which I'm mm-hmm. fine with because you know what? That, it, the, awesome. the way, and, and that's, that's the thing is like the way that they've approached the story and how they tell the story is, is just fantastic. It, it's a very, again, you know, you have different characters and, you know, they're very well fleshed out. And the mechanics of it is just incredible. You know, you have different ways of playing the game. The island itself is, like I said, a character because it's alive. You know, you 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 can go anywhere on the island. You're not relegated to, you know, it being, well, you have to go here next. How you play the game is a very personal thing. It's mm-hmm. a personal experience. I chose to play it very samurai-like, very honorable. There are people that would choose to, you know, embrace the ghost aspect of the character, where he's more of a ninja, where, and and that 
of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that dynamic is essential to the story because he struggles with the fact that he has to become something that being a samurai and knowing the code that they follow, it's totally against. And you see throughout, you know, the game, his struggle with do I do the honorable thing and stay um, true to who I am? Or do I take this other route because the people of my island is suffering and I have to do whatever it takes to save them? And like I said, it's it's a fantastic story. Not not everybody is going to play the story the same. And that's another, you know, positive. You can play it however you want. You can do the full story. You can choose, like I did, to do all of the side quests first and then jump into the story. You can do a blending of the two. It really is up to you. You could do the story first and then do all the side quests afterwards. It really is, in reality, an open world game. And that's what I love about the thing. Um, There are certain things that I have problems with. You know, the, uh, the facial animations on some of the characters on a game that looks so beautiful seems very stiff and i do have a problem with the camera you and i have spoken about this and especially on the multiplayer for me it's a bigger issue but other than that it is an imperfect game you know i'm not claiming that it's it's a a hundred percent the best in the world but it's as close to being perfect in my mind as possible so let me, yeah, I guess I'll talk about, to piggyback off of you, since you had so, such high praise for the game and you kind of ended with some of the negatives. I'll talk about some of the negatives before I get to some of my positives. And for me, number one is, yeah, I, actually, I will qualify this with what I love about the game because it's a huge issue, in my opinion, that ends up kind of being not that important because of how high the quality is on the rest of the game. So... The the sword play in this game, the action, the way that you 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 know fight your enemies, I don't think I'm gonna make a bold statement. I don't think any game has done hand to hand sword play or that kind of combat in this third person perspective. I don't think any game has done it better. I don't think God of War did it better. I don't think Assassin's Creed did it better. I don't think the Arkham games did it better. I don't think the Shadow of, of Mordor games did it better. I can't think of, you know, Devil May Cry. I don't think any game has done the basic act of just slashing and killing people with a sword or a weapon mm-hmm. better. I don't think any game has done it better. All I right. do agree. I agree. Well, I, I do think of one, and I'm going to, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I agree with you on on the main point. They're, they're, they really, really nailed um, sword play. Right, because, and we'll talk about that in, I guess, the mechanic in a little more detail when we get to the game that you think is better or similar, but it's kind of a rock, paper, scissors system that works really well with some other things, with the parry system, with the dodging, and with some of the weapons that you can choose or upgrade. It, it just works, and it, mm-hmm. it, it works almost flawlessly. However, that said, because it's such a huge aspect of the game, this balance between samurai, which is the sword play, and the ghost, which is the ninja, or the stealthy play, the stealth in this game is really half-baked. And it's really actually kind of sad to me because I can see a wonderful potential in the stealth. And I'll give you an example. So it's, it's pretty awesome and fun 
to play as stealth, which is weird, right? When I after after having just said what I said, where the stealth is half baked, it's fun. It and is. I'll tell you why that makes. I'll tell you why that makes sense in my context, because it's the stealth is fun, but it's also for me, it's not fundamentally different from any of the other gameplay because you can straight up sprint up to some dudes and they won't notice you until it's too late. You can sprint behind them. Like I've done this before. All I did was round a corner in a full on sprint, not the run, not Mm -hmm. the walk, not the crouch, not the crawl, the fastest your character can move on foot. And I will sprint up to these guys and assassinate all three of them with a stealth kill. Don't get me wrong. In practice, when you do it in the game, it's friggin' awesome. It's really cool to watch him like dodge out of the way and stab one guy and then get one guy in the back and then like kind of slice the last guy and assassinate all three of them in one shot. And even to get a little ahead of it, when you get to Legends mode, you play as the as the um, assassin, assassin, I believe, which yeah. is a stealth character, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's I started that's Eli's. That's Eli's character. Yeah. I understand why you like it, Eli, because it's fun to play as the assassin. Some of the moves and yeah, specials that he has, incredible. Being able to disappear and stab five guys, like, it's a very, <laughs> satisfying very satisfying. But again, like, it's so easy to do that. And I can see so much more of a fulfilling experience if you sneak up on three guys and really, like, stealthily sneak up on them and then assassinate all three of them. Because you still move really fast when you're crouching in this game. It's mm-hmm. not like you're you're incredibly slow and it becomes tedious. You can still be this like high level, skillful, speedy assassin, but he doesn't have to run that darn fast. And like you can be standing in front of a guy from maybe like 30 feet away. You can stand right in front of him in this game and he will not see you. Yeah. So for but you know what? A, a lot of this stuff. Game, yeah. I'm sorry. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm like I'm just real quick. A lot of this stuff. It almost seems like it's built to to for you to capture that video and dump it on Twitch and show everybody the cool way that you killed the person, you know, because we've seen some really awesome videos of people just annihilating Mongols, you know, where they're jumping off of the horse, throwing a smoke bomb, you know, landing and assassinating a guy, you know, coming back, you know, uh, stabbing another guy, throwing a, a sticky bomb, blowing him up, and then rushing up and killing him. You know, it, 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 the, while the stealth portion is, is a little less to be, de- to be desired, desired, I guess. It's definitely not Metal Gear Solid type. You know, it does enable you to make these like godlike sequences where it's like, look at, look at how awesome I killed these six people you know right and it's it's showy and it, it, is. Takes it very skill. is it's not really? lack of skill it's just it could be a little bit more difficult and i think yeah. it would have been more satisfying to mm-hmm. me at least no I, agree. I think that, yeah a stealth mechanic should never allow you to sprint up to your enemies i just don't think that should be a thing so okay and you know what? it's it's interesting that you say that because there is a charm right where you can you could apply it to your character and basically oh, yeah. your footsteps are silent but well, sprint, like you said yeah. but like you said it, it's silent already so how much more silent do you need to be you know right so like instead of like walking up to a guy and him noticing you when you're 3 feet away normally mm-hmm. he'll notice you he'll never notice you which is 
that's cool, but that's kind of even worse. It should be more along the lines of, of like, he'll hear you from like a freaking mile away when you're sprinting. And when you have that charm, he won't hear you on then until you're like a couple of feet away from him. Maybe that would make more sense and be more fun in the context of the game. Well, I guess but, the way you, the way you look at it is these Mongols are the feudal Japan version of stormtroopers, right? Yeah. And the Mongols can be pretty easy in, in the single player they game. Can, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I mm-hmm. beat it on lethal. I beat it on the absolute highest difficulty. And even, especially now after beating it and playing a little bit of legends, like, Oh my God, the Mongols are fodder. Most of the darn time you gotta, Absolutely. you gotta find the boss characters, which that's not a big gripe. It would be nicer to see them kind of upgrade certain enemies though. Give them better attacks. Like maybe have them do different attacks. Cause they do every enemy does the same attacks. So you can time them really easily after a while. A little variety and, might help there, but again, not a major gripe. Yeah, and you do everything have minor gripes, really. You do have the four sets of of characters that you know you have stances for. You have your regular swordsmen, you have your shieldmen, you have your mm-hmm. spearmen, and you have the brutes. And in my mind, I think the brutes are probably the harder of the four to deal with, mm-hmm. um, only Shield. because they're like tanks, you know. And basically, even though you hit them, they still really don't. It's really tough to stagger them. And there are times you're just wailing away at them and they're still, you know, swinging that big, huge weapon that they have, whatever, whatever it may be, you know. See, I don't think brutes are that difficult, actually. Yeah. I can oh, really? take out really quickly. You just go into mm-hmm. moon stance, you do the you do the spinning slash a couple of times and they get staggered and it's over. You just That's keep doing true. It That's them. true. You yeah, could yeah, spam yeah. them with that spinning slash. I think the hardest enemies are the Ronin, actually. Because the Ronin For the has single game. odd time. Yeah, yeah, the single, single game. game, definitely the Ronins, the Ronins. I forgot about them. The Ronins are different, and the Mongol generals are really hard too. The, the ones with the shields, mm-hmm. they tend to be very difficult as well. Um, other yeah, so than I'm that, I'm going to retract that statement. Then yeah. you're absolutely right. Other than that, I wouldn't say that any other characters present any hugely significant level of challenge. Which uh, you know. I'll give a, an opinion of Wolfie really quickly. It's true. You're a badass samurai. You should be able to take out most of these guys relatively easily. But for a little more challenge, there should be a little more variety by the end of the game. So those are, mm-hmm. I guess those would be like my gripes. There's really nothing else that I can say is a gripe other than maybe the fact that it's not 60 frames per second, which would be nice, which we'll and get I hate on the camera. camera. I hate the camera. I, right. I cannot. I, mm-hmm. I cannot stress that enough. You don't know how many times, especially when we were doing Legends, when we do Legends, um, that you get stuck either behind a, a tree or a wall, and that's all you see. And meanwhile, there's like three or four characters just, you know, intent on murdering you, and you can't see a damn thing. And you're, it's it's difficult enough when you're trying to handle three opponents at the same time it's worse when you're trying to manipulate the camera at the same time while trying to either defend or attack and you cannot see anything that's going on that is so super frustrating to me if there's one thing that i really wish if sucker punch you're listening to please find a way to fix that camera because it mars an experience that otherwise is is almost flawless you know they need to they need to to patch it so that you can either customize your camera or it has uh, a better zoom, especially for when you're in a room. That's the one that kind yeah, of, that's me. when it really gets 
really bad, you know? Because there's definitely parts, and we were playing Legends, and we'll talk about that. We'll just briefly talk about that, and then um, we'll get to more of that later. But we were playing Legends yesterday, was it? And we were actually, yeah, I played with you, and I played with somebody else earlier. And there was a mission that we were doing where crows, like, you right? had to. Well, the the one that I'm thinking of is where we had you have to rescue the hostages, and like you you have to oh, run. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like four guys in that room, and after you, you see what I do after a while in Legends, you have explosives with the Ronin, so like mm-hmm. you can't see what the heck is going on in that room. So I just start chucking explosives. Like you, yeah. it's it's really difficult to fight off five guys in a room when you disappear behind a wall or behind something else. So the camera gets, gets off in those situations. And it's really cool too, because it would be awesome to be able to fight people in a room in those close quarters and it can be done. I've done it, but it's the camera that messes you up in those situations. Cause then you got to parry and dodge and it gets real intense, but it, the camera does you no favors. I would agree with that. So let me say, What's that? What's that? Go ahead. I propose an idea for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe what they should do is like, um, I know some games do this, but like it's almost sort of an x-ray. You you can see yes. through the wall. And yes. maybe that's what they should do because I've experienced that problem. And I'm just getting ganged up by like brutes and shields and uh, shieldsmen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they're just killing you. And you You're can't right. really do anything. They should find true. a way, and it's hard to do this, I would imagine, but there should be a way where they kind of phase out a texture that they know is in front of you and make it see-through. So, you, Or at least, yeah. like you said, like an x-ray, so you could see the outline of your character, at mm-hmm. least. Same way that you do in multiplayer, when you're looking at your friends or when you're, when you're going into stealth mode in the game and you see an outline, they need to incorporate that to help the camera out. I think that that's something that they they kind of dropped the ball in for sure. And Eli, that's a good idea because that would be the, one of the best ways to do it. That wouldn't require a camera that zooms in and out or you to customize it. Although I think being able to customize your camera distance and all of that would would be a nice touch as well. So maybe, sucker punch. And maybe yeah. adding like a, a lock, a lock feature, you know. Lock and, onto and, certain enemies and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean that might be helpful as well, but you know, again, it, customization is is key because some people may not want that. I I don't think I would want that because I like the freedom of movement where I I could just decide, you know what, I'm done with this guy and let me go over here, you know. But right. customization customization would be key here. I really like the idea that you propose where it's like you phase out those materials so that you can see through, you know. It's been done before in plenty of other games. I don't understand why we can't have that here, you know? I don't know why they didn't do that, but that's definitely an idea they have to work on for the for the second game or for a DLC or an update or whatever because yeah. it would definitely make those situations where you're in a room or something like that more fun and more tense and more awesome. Mm-hmm. So let me talk about very quickly what I really, really enjoyed about the game, and then we can open it up and kind of finish off the conversation about this game as well and talk about Legends a little bit. Well, one, one I, I love Legends. I think that kind of has, goes without saying for those of you in the crew, you know I've been playing it quite a bit. I already have a level, couple of level 100 characters, a level 100 yeah. Ronin. Uh, you surprised me yesterday. You surprised me yesterday because I I, <laughs> I I know you play a lot more than I do, and and I think out of out of all of us, I think by level of playability, I think you you lead the pack. I'm kind of in the middle, and maybe Wolfie is 
you know, with his busy schedule, hasn't played it as much. Mm-hmm. But when you jumped on yesterday and I'm I'm rocking my 60 level gear and you're walking around with a hundred, I'm like, whoa, what the hell happened? Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> you know, you, I'm you like, are- what happened here? The last time we were kind of comparably close. Yeah. We we just played like maybe a couple of days before, and all of a sudden you're big man on campus with a hundred level swords and stuff. I'm like, what the heck happened? A couple of things of note is that you actually beat the single player game before I did. And you have more of the achievements in the single player game than I do. That is true. Like, yeah, I've jumped on quite a bit more. And also you, you, it's also the personality thing because you, you want to talk about how we're all different in a sense as well. You have our difficulties, the way that we play difficulty levels. I'm the one who wants to grind and get myself murdered a hundred times. I love high difficulty. <laughs> love, yeah. it. you know, like I said, I beat the single player game on lethal. So as soon and also as soon as I started getting civil silver level equipment in Legends, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get anything higher than level seventy five, and my guy was like seventy seven, level seventy seven, seventy eight. I was like, well, it's time to go to gold. Like I just needed that new equipment because I didn't want to just sit and get all the same level seventy five stuff over and over and over again. And even yesterday, you noticed too, like I've unlocked Nightmare level, which you have to get yeah. to level 100. And I tried to play it because I was like, let's try Nightmare and get the best equipment. Well, you can't we, went through, we went through three of these because first you wanted Nightmare, then you wanted to yeah. do another one. And it's like, you know, you Hard. need level 75. Gold. And Gold. then there was yeah. the other one, right? The other one. And it was like, well, I'm still not there yet. I'm like, what the hell? You know, you know, yeah. you, I, I think, you know, another difference is, is that I think you play survival more than I do. And, I do. And, and I think that, again, goes to lifestyle, because for me, as much as I love playing Legends, there are times that I can't devote 30 minutes to a match. And that's usually what survival is. If you're survival. going to jump onto survival, you're going to play at least 30 minute matches, right? It took me 55 minutes to beat a gold survivor. survivor there you level. go. Gold, uh, yeah, gold survivor level uh, with four good good uh, players, three other good players, and it's 25 waves. It's 15 on. Oh, it's on 25? Gold. I would well, never be able to do that. Yeah, 20 on really silver, it's 25 on gold. I'd be I would have to. If, if we're doing survival, I would have to play that at like one o'clock in the morning where everybody's asleep and nobody's, you know, looking for my attention and stuff. Because to do a 50 minute match during the day is virtually impossible for me. We you know? could do it faster because I did it with some guys that weren't mic'd up. So we could mm-hmm. do it a little faster than that, I'm sure. But yes, it's it's a time thing. However, actually, though from what I've seen on YouTube channels and from what I've experienced, it's actually easier if you can get a good person into story mode and okay. do story. If you want to grind and get better equipment, it's actually see, far faster. I think you just hit on, I think you just hit on a very, very good point. And I think you and I have discussed this also as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing legends, having a really good teammate is key to playing the game because if you have a crappy teammate if you have a teammate that's not willing that's that's always rushing ahead and not working together you're going to have a horrible experience i think that and i think that's one of the great things about legends the way that they've made this into a very team specific type of of mode is because having great teammates like we had that that you know that uh survival match on silver 
where we had like two other guys that were completely awesome. And it was such a fun experience because you know what? Everybody was on board. Everybody was in tandem. Everybody knew, okay, well, you know what? This is happening here. Maybe you guys go here and we'll be over here. Everybody was working together as a team. And then you had other experiences on survival and on story where everybody's doing their own thing and it's just a horrible thing to to be in you know and that's when people are jumping off matches and leaving you alone and it's it's it really is teamwork is key for legends there's a lot of things that yeah in teamwork where you have to time certain things like maybe assassinate a certain character that can regenerate all of the other characters like yesterday i was doing a survival and we didn't have a mic but I was playing as the assassin. I, I'm mainly the Ronin, but I've been playing as the assassin just to try him out, just to try the stealth features, and it's a really fun character. But, like, you know, where you have to kill the disciples of EO, those enemies that, that regenerate the health those of all the enemies. Those guys are annoying. They're annoying, but as the assassin, you can take them out in one shot. You know who else is annoying? The crow demons, by the way. I just, I just, I just had a, oh, yeah. a, a the nightmare worst. about them. But anyway, continue. Very yeah, quick, those guys. But anyway. like even yesterday, it was awesome because I we weren't mic'd up, and you can do the little emoji things where you say "let's go" or "thanks" or like mm-hmm. "help" to kind of communicate. And it was cool because I would just sneak up to the to the ledge above the disciple of EO, and I would say "let's go," and then dive onto that guy immediately and assassinate him. And that would be the cue for my teammate to jump in and start killing people because he knew that he now can, and they wouldn't regenerate health. So mm-hmm. little moments like that of teamwork where you have to do it, you have to time it in order for it to really work, make the game awesome, okay? Make yeah. the make Legends awesome. Yep. One thing I absolutely love that definitely shows in uh, the first uh, chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First the story. story. The first story. Bleeding mm-hmm. Hearts or something like that. Yeah, Bleeding Hearts. Or Twin Hearts or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that it, it's just awesome to see, like, you have two people going up to like a bunch of people and you're just assassinating and assassinating and assassinating. And like, I remember there's this point where, uh, there's a horse, uh, pass, there's a carriage passing by with Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. And there's like four guys in the front and then the two that are connected, that spirit connected. Right. Yeah. And then you have to, and then you just, two people you just go up behind them and just start killing and then killing and assassinating and assassinating row and by I, row yeah and I, I feel like it's it's so awesome to get that experience that you're like it's just assassinations you're just, just pushing through groups yeah. of people or dropping smoke and then killing like four guys with an assassination or using your your stealth assassination to just run up to a guy through yeah. a door through a wall through a building you fly up to some guy and assassinate him Mm-hmm. Again, that's one of the reasons why Assassin is such an interesting class. Besides yeah. Ronin, like a Samurai is awesome, but I want to try a different class because Walt's the Samurai. We know Walt's going to be the Samurai. That's yeah, Walt's I'm blood. He's a tank, there. man. I'm He's going to tank through these dudes. And Eli and me will be either assassinating people or I'll be healing people with the Ronin. And Wolfie will be assassinating people. We all got our classes. And we all got to work off of each other because the Ronin, again, is the healer. So I kind of choose that guy a lot. Yeah, I just got to I got to diversify my my gameplay because the fact that I love doing melee attacks yeah puts me in that position where it's like okay, I'm going to probably be the first guy to die because I'm running in, you know, straight up, you know, just trying to kill everybody, you know. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no sneaking up. I'm not using 
I never use kunai. I never use any of the sticky bombs. You know, event, occasionally I'll use the bow, but everything that I do is is with the sword. You know, but you 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 don't want to lean on it too much. You can definitely go, and that's what I'm saying. I, I think I need to diversify a little bit because I have right. I'm playing legends very much the same way that I play. I'm playing the single player campaign. And I'm realizing, right, I'm realizing as I get further along that I have to kind of embrace a little bit of the ninja ghost aspect of the character Mm -hmm. because while melee attacks are great and I'm I'm pretty good at that, Mm -hmm. um, there there is a benefit to doing the ghost weapons in Legends and stuff. I think, yeah, especially when it comes to the ghost weapons for you, it's it's actually just a way to get yourself out of a sticky situation. You can run in there and start stabbing the crap out of people. And that's why I'm there. That's why the Ronin is there. I heal you. That's why the assassin is there. Anybody that you stagger, he can just walk up behind them and assassinate them. And that's how you do the teamwork aspect. But definitely playing like for me. And then I, Eli, I know you want to get a point in. I will say that for me, you, I played the game very much like you. I'm like a, I'm a parry master. I just like to stab people with the sword. I like to wait and counter or yeah. dodge out of the way and attack them. Like you could tell the difference in our play styles in that you're more of a tank and we're we're both sword based players in the single player. Mm-hmm. But I got the like the the achievement or the trophy that allows that you get for doing 20 parries in the game. Yeah, probably well, I've within gotten- the first third of it. You yeah, you gotten, beat the game before you got that, did you not? I did. <laughs> that, that's an <laughs> example of how much more of a tank you are. You just run up and kill people. Exactly. But see, again, that goes to the beauty of, of Ghost of Tsushima because we played the same game and our play styles are so very different because, like you said, you're more of a parry counter counterattack type of guy and I'm just a tank. I go in there and like there's a guy in front of me i'm gonna kill him you know and and again that shows the beauty of of how you want how you can play this game so many different ways you know i bet you anything if you ask somebody else they'll have an entirely different way of playing you know well i've seen the 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 variety of play styles what what did you want to say about the your play style or about the gameplay eli i think you were going to make a point go ahead and and i'm actually I'm kind of like both of you. I'm because right. you you know I'm actually good. I'm more of a balanced playstyle. Yes. Because I I like to use ghost weapons. I like to just slash through people, and most of all, I love to shoot people. Yeah, like he, you would. He's really good with the bow. I'm not I'm not the best, but like I get headshots when I can. But you should try the um the hunter at some point with the bow and arrow because he can be a beast in that game he can get like 200 something kills like i've seen it happen a good a good hunter with the bow and arrow is crazy in that game Mm -hmm. yeah i've seen that but like i started to realize that yeah you do need to use all of your resources and all of the things that you're given to to actually become the best player that you can be because if I'm not parrying, you're not, you're like your defense sucks, and you can barely. You mm-hmm. Yeah, so you really need to use everything that's given. My perfect example is is the Ronin, like I said, and Walt knows this. Um, again, my play style is usually more of a sit back and wait for the opponent to attack. 
kind of like let them do something and I react. And definitely I, you know, I can be proactive, especially with brutes and, and certain enemies like that. We really got to like overwhelm them before they can do damage. Mm-hmm. But like in our single player styles, I almost never use just like you, Wolf, I almost never use Kunai or any of the explosives of any kind. The only time in the single player game, and this is spoilers, I guess we're getting to the end near near the end of the game. When you fight the main villain, Kotun Khan, you fight him first as a boss character, right? You beat him, but then like he he throws dirt in your face and he runs away and he runs to his other soldiers and kind of like he they try to gang rush you basically. You try to overwhelm you. Um that is the only time in the game that I absolutely had to use my ghost weapons. Had to. Because they were just so many overwhelming boss characters. So then I just started throwing bombs. I started throwing whatever. Never really used it at all in the rest of the game. Yeah. In multiplayer, Walt knows. And I think this weapon's a little OP. And I think maybe That's that, that Sucker Punch might want to balance it. <laughs> but the bombs, the explosives that you can throw as the Ronin are ridiculous. And I, I will spam the holy crap out of them when I need to. I have you no know, about it. <laughs> the first time that I saw you use that... I had to take a pause because I'm like, what the hell is going on on the screen here? Everything yeah. it was just explosions all over the place. I, I'm like, looking at your life, like, you're like jarring. Like, why am I not being wounded by these explosions? Exactly. It was like, what <laughs> the hell is going on here? You realized I was having a bomb party, basically. Exactly. But that just again speaks to play styles, yeah. and. So you have, yeah, you have that. And, and I want to mention actually one of the, my favorite parts about that ending, by the way, is how, how it kind of plays with the history because Kotun Khan is fictional. It, yes. it was actually, I believe, Kublai Khan, who they said was the invader of Japan and Tsushima in, I think, the 10th century or the 11th century AD. I can't recall exactly when. It was Kublai Khan, who was, I believe, the grandson of Genghis Khan. There is no Kotun Khan. He no. does not exist. He never existed. But I thought it was a fun little line, again, spoilers, when Kotun Khan is about to lose and you're about to basically kill him and finish him off. He says <laughs> to uh, he says to Jin Sakai, you know, my name will be remembered throughout history, blah, 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 all this crap. And Jin's just like, no, no one will remember you. And he cuts yeah. off his head. And lo and behold, there never was a historical Kotun Khan. That kind of plays the history. Uh, of the thing, right? He erased him from history. That's how badass Jin Sakai is. He erased Kotun Khan from history. So that's a cool moment in the story. And then it's just like the way that they set up the story is fantastic. But I will say this, and this is going to enter into the conversation. I guarantee you when we talk about game of the year, which is why I keep kind of spoiling that and saying some things about like you guys might be surprised. One thing that's interesting about this game that I'll always kind of hold up is that it did some things in a way that no other game has before. And I think the most prime example for me is the way you navigate, the the guiding wind. I haven't seen that in the game before. I mean, it's I'm sure it exists, but in a tentpole triple A title, I don't think I've seen them use the environment in such an effective way, the way that they did in this game, where birds foxes fireflies and other animals lead you to your objectives you just have to look in the sky and look for smoke off in the distance and there's one of your missions 
you know, the wind guides you in the proper direction when you, when you need to figure out where you're going. The rain also does that, by the way, too. I don't know if you noticed that when it's raining, it will rain in the direction that you're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Leaves do that. Like everything in the game is, can be, and this was your play style a little bit. I think, well, you can talk about it. Like you don't have to go to the map really at all to get through this game. It'll take you longer if you don't go to the map. Right. But in order to finish it, you can just look at the environment and just try to figure out where your bearings are based on the environment. Yeah, I, 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 I great. Just, just to speak to what you were saying, I was very much against using the traveler's attire. You know, that yeah. was, that was, that was, I, I didn't, I didn't adopt that armor until probably the very end when I want, I was looking to complete the game to like a hundred percent, which I got close to, but I never never got there and, and it was my thing was like you know for me it was like a a, a gameplay mechanic that i didn't want to get myself involved in because it almost felt like a cheat code kind of mm -hmm. it, it, just like i said just in my opinion and mm -hmm. i really wanted to be one of these things where it's like okay i'm if i'm gonna use something i'm just gonna use the guiding way you know and I'll find everything kind of naturally, even though the the guiding wind is kind of like a cheat code in of itself. The way, it, right. but it's it's uh it, it's still like you said, if you really don't want to, you never have to use the map because everything is there in the environment for you to use to find what you need. You know, yeah. Like you said, it's going to take much much longer, but you know there's some people that might be that might find that appealing you know i i definitely agree with that and i do want to ask you another thing that i thought was interesting and i want to ask you what your opinion is of the side missions in this game because open world games what do we know is kind of usually an issue with open world games with the they're side all, missions especially. they're all rote missions it's it's it can get really you know, repetitive it's the same yeah. it's the same crap wash, <laughs> wash rinse repeat you know uh -huh. yep and, and right so, so what do you think about got ghost of tsushima and and the missions in this game and so Besides again game of the year ghost of tsushima um yeah. <laughs> i i i love the way that they handled the side quests because they weren't your standard side quest they were in of itself a separate story that you can play you know mm -hmm. that it wasn't just well you have to go you know some of them did get repetitive and stuff but very rarely but the thing about it is that there was a story attached to it it wasn't just you know oh well you have to go and defend the village from 10 mongols right no the reason you're going to the village is because one of the one of the people that you found on the road you know there's a story behind it he was leaving to try and you know go get medicine and then he found out that his wife is missing and then you're now doing like a little investigation it's these kind of things that flesh out the entire game you know and a lot of these side quests they give you access to other materials armors things of that nature that will help you through the main campaign. So, you know, the way that they did the side quests, that should kind of be the blueprint for any game going forward. 
I think that that I would, okay, so I'm going to definitely agree with that. I wanted to hear your opinion first, but I think what's wonderful about the side quest is that, yes, I kind of led you into that because I knew what your opinion sort of was, but it's, it's really, the side quests are really excellent in this game. And yes, there are some that get rote and repetitive and sometimes following that, that like 50th Fox around can get a little boring, even though it's kind of a cool detail. Right. But the way that not only the side quests kind of tell their own story, but I think the thing that I love the most about the side quests, really, besides them telling their own separate tales, is how much they add to the lore and the the how lived in this island feels, right? Because yes. the side quests are like you liberate certain parts of the island and then like a fishing village returns to that part of the island when you kill all the Mongols there. Mm-hmm. Or you have one of my personal favorites, which is the musician's tales where he tells these really, really kind of semi-supernatural, like awesome tales that I believe most of them are actually rooted in real Japanese mythology, Um, which is something that's actually a detail that I believe from what I saw, I don't want to speak for like those Japanese fans of the game, but I had read that the Japanese in general think that this is a game that really honors their culture in many ways without turning it into a big character or a big joke. You know, and they take their liberties certainly, but like the the, the tales that you that you do, some of the tra- the the musicians' tales are really fantastic because there's this really great animated um, kind of he tells you the 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 story of each tale and the history of each tale, the history of this legend or this samurai, and then you got to go find this guy to duel or some other crazy stuff like that, mm-hmm. and. Those side missions are amazing. Or like even speaking of duels where you just run off into the into the countryside and you'll find Ronin that just want to duel you. They're just like they heard your legend, they heard of the ghost, and they just want to duel you because personal reasons or like reasons of like them wanting to gain power or they want to help the Mongols. There's a complexity to why every mission is in the game that makes it a little bit better than just your standard fetch fetch quests you'll find most other games go here kill these guys bring this stuff back it adds more depth to it and my my guess my last point on those side missions is the side characters are awesome in this game the side characters really great and their stories relate to the main conflict exactly really really well Mm -hmm. so that's a good reason why and i know that's kind of piggybacks on your point but to me that's a great reason why this game also has something that it stands above other games in most cases where the side missions are something that you really really want to enjoy and complete not just to 100 percent the game which is right. why most people would do it in, in these cases right so i think it's, um, yeah <laughs> i want to i want before we wrap this up i want to highlight one thing and i want to request from sucker punch a mm-hmm. thing that i think if they don't include, they're kind of missing the boat on. Um, oh the first boy. thing, the first thing is that I've just started the along with the the Legends update of multiplayer. I've started New Game Plus, yeah. and so basically, what you're doing is you're reliving, you know, the main single campaign again with slight details, and you know, um, you oh, you don't rehash the very beginning of you know the uh, massacre on of the samurais on the beach you go straight into the story right mm, okay um, so you you're gaining different type of armors you know you you start out with everything that you've gained from the single campaign that flows over so all of your armor all of your thing the only thing is that now you have to re um 
fix your character. So you're going to start out with no charms, and you just have to put in your charms and stuff. And the very first character that you meet is a an assassin. I forget what his name is, but he's got the assassin mask and stuff. And he offers you a lot of the new armors, the dyes, the sword kits, and stuff like that. So there yeah. are changes in there. Um, what I've chosen to do, and something that I find is awesome that was in the single campaign and i'm now taking advantage of it is that i'm going to play the new game plus mode Mm -hmm. in japanese with subtitles and using what is called karusawa mode which is basically an homage to the old samurai movies because you play the game in black and white which is with sound that is definitely also exactly and I was I was just getting into that because the sound is very starkly different. It, you're not getting, you know, the same type of sound effects and voice, um, I guess, modulation as the first one. And I'm going to say Jin's character in Japanese seems more um, intimidating, I guess, just because of the the voice actor that they chose to use. And so it, there's a there's a very different feel to Jin when you're playing it in Japanese. I agree. I, I have a way that I think that encapsulates it a little more. For me, the, the Japanese voice actor played him as much more assured and mm-hmm. much more capable. And the English voice actor, who's also very good, I'm not taking it away yes. from the english voice actor he plays him as more like unsure naive, more naive. green yeah more naive yeah exactly i think that that's the biggest difference and i think that that kind of translates to a lot of the characters too um yeah i want to play it in english because i played it in japanese originally oh okay i love, I so love you and i japanese. we're doing we're doing this reverse which yeah, again just- speaks to what i was saying before you can play it however the heck you want you know what i'm saying I got to find a, some way to do it in Kurosawa mode, but I can't do that in English. That'd be weird. So I got to figure something out when it comes yeah. to that. But Kur- sure. Kurosawa mode is completely awesome. Like I said, it, it feels yes. like you're 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 playing one of those old, you know, samurai movies like Ran or the Seven Samurai. You know, um, it, it's it's just a different feel. It almost feels like a different game. And even though you're playing some of the miss- missions similar. Um, it's it's just an incredible experience. I you know people have to find a way to play in that mode as well. Now the w- the one thing that I wanted to ask you, um, and I know that this was this was something that was highlighted when the game mm-hmm. first came out. You know mm-hmm. the English characters, the English voice is the main way that the characters speak, and yeah, so they write. Exactly. So when you change it over to the Japanese, um, the Japanese language, it's kind of the reverse of what you see with like the Godzilla movies, where it's like you, your original characters are in, in Japanese and you're dubbing them in English. It's kind of the reverse here. They're English characters and you're dubbing it in ja- Japanese, yeah. right? Yeah. But the one thing that I noticed, and I don't know if this was an update or if this is just the way it is. I was trying to follow the lips to the Japanese, and I mm-hmm. don't see that much of a difference. If you told me that this was a game that came out in Japanese, and you know you're having it, 
uh, dubbed in English. I wouldn't be, have been able to tell. And I don't know if this is a function of the update or if this was just the way it was originally and it it wasn't as stark as some some people were saying. Well, you you kind of you kind of touched on it earlier that it's it's more a flaw in the facial animation that you okay. can't tell the difference because they did not sync it to Japanese. That's not in the update. They didn't sync okay. it to Japanese syncing at all. There yeah, are no I was looking I was looking to see it and I couldn't find anything. And so I, I wanted to bring that up because I didn't know if maybe you knew anything different. I don't notice it a great deal. I think part of the reason is that it's just the fact of the matter that we don't speak Japanese. So we're looking at the subtitles a lot. And then when you look back up, by the time you have a chance to really see what they're saying with their lips, you don't notice the big differences. I'm always looking for the last word of the sentence to see if yeah, it kind of matches You'll always notice it, you, and you can definitely see if you pay attention. You will definitely notice that all of the lip syncing is completely in English, which I think is a bit of a failing, to be honest. Okay. But, um, and like I said, I haven't spent a lot of time in Game Plus, so I haven't gotten that far. There's only been like a couple of cup scenes, so maybe you know when you get further in the game and there's more of a focus on the face, then maybe I'll see it there. Well, you, I, the one thing I have to say, I guess, that I have an issue with now that you mention it with New Game Plus is that there's no new difficulty modes. I'm a little there, upset about uh, that. There is kind of. Not um, really, though. It's, because it's, they said that the characters not, aren't any difficult. But there's, there's a difficulty change to Game Plus. So instead of, let's say, Medium, you're mm -hmm. playing at Medium Plus which is still the medium but the the level the level of difficulty is ramped up just a little bit Are you certain that's about way, that, that I, yeah I saw that's the way that's the difficulty was not higher in new game plus no that's 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 the way that it was described so. you're just so good at it you can't tell the difference well, i'm on the highest difficulty so if if there's no higher to get that's the thing like so okay uh, you know, I got to check it out myself, like I said, but like I said, I, I saw a tweet from the developer saying there was no new difficulty. There was no change in difficulty in New Game Plus. So that's coming from straight from the horse's mouth. And what but what I will say is it's possible because Legends is harder than single player. Yes, it the is. Enemies, and not just the, you know, the supernatural enemies that you fight, but the other enemies that attack you, they can launch themselves farther with their strikes. They're faster. Mm -hmm. And they move further. So they you have to move around more to dodge them. I can see them adding that. We got to I got to confirm this, though. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. But like I said, I saw a tweet that where he said there is no change in the difficulty. So I got to confirm that. Either way, yeah. I'm going to get to game plus. See, but here, here it is. It says it says um, for game plus, you'll keep all of the techniques, gears and vanity items obtained in a previous playthrough. And the difficulty will be increased to provide a new challenge, but you can still adjust it down in the menu. So there okay. is there is a difference. And like I said, I, I, I would tend to think that that's the case because otherwise, why make the distinction of medium and medium plus? If it's, if it's the same difficulty, just call it medium, you know? So there the is a slight, a slight- Is usually just to say you keep all your upgrades. Yeah, but there is, the there is there is there is a slight difficulty ramp up. It it's not I didn't see any distinguishing. It, it felt and like I said maybe it's because we've been playing Legends and Legends is a little bit more difficult, but I yeah. didn't see that much of a difference, but hey, 
you know, it is what it is. I, um, I there's, there's one last thing, and I think you, Jose, might appreciate this because you and I played this game back in the days. But if this is something that Sucker Punch, and I again, Sucker Punch, I hope you're listening. Um, if this is a game mode that they don't include, I think they're really, really missing the boat. Um, and I love game uh, Legends multiplayer, and I love the game plus. But can you please give us a duel? I I think that this game would be incredible if we had a mode that was similar to Wait for It. Bushido Blade from way back in the days. Don't you think that that would be incredible in this game? I am actually on the fence about that. Really? Well, here's why. What the heck is the reason to have sword stances? That to me is why why it gets a little iffy because everybody has a sword if you're going to play duel. Nobody has a spear. Nobody has, you know. No, I know. Uh, and and so uh, you don't, you wouldn't have to have to keep that, you know what I'm saying? Or you can and do it kind of like Terrace Cassie where, you know, maybe instead of just playing the samurai, you can play a spears, a spearsman or you can play a swordsman, a swordsman or you can play a brute, you know, have those different type of characters and kind of build sort of like a, a, a pseudo fighting game somewhere in there you know what i mean well the thing is i still don't think that would work because the 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 rock paper scissors nature and how important stances are one even if you had add more weapons it's Mm -hmm. gonna get a a little interesting and then you have to decide what to do with ghost weapons you have to decide what to like every game is gonna be either you're mashing buttons to knock away the spear right to to knock away your opponent who has a spear or a sword to break their block, okay, which means that everything is going to turn into a parry fest or a dodge fest. It's it's it doesn't balance the way that the game is set up to me to do to do uh, adversarial duels yet because I really think if you look at it and you try to to make it work for player versus player, you'll see that there are too many holes in how the gameplay is going to work. Like I said, everybody's just going to parry. It's just going to be a parry fest. You're not going to be able to, like, overwhelm somebody, which would I, be I, fun. I just They're just going to parry you, or they're going to dodge out of the way and make you, like, use your, like, waste your attacks or waste your combos. So it's just going to be a bunch of people backing off of each other for, like, 10 minutes. But that and, that's kind of the, the way that you played Bushido Blade, because you had to look for an opportunity. It was Bushido Blade was never a game where you can just rush in and, and overwhelm somebody. It was a very tactical played. game. You know what I'm saying? There was yeah, but you, but you always ran the chance that if you're playing against somebody who knew what they were doing, they would take you out instantly. And that was the beauty of Bushido Blade. Right. The, but that's the, the game could end at one shot. You know, there's, there's no two sides to that strategy in this. There's no like, oh, you it's just you either do it and like, OK, that's fine. But what's the there, there's no way to kind of make it a risk reward to different strategies. It's just everybody's going to parry. Everybody's going to dodge or you have an opponent. You're going to choose the steel, the, the sword stance for that particular opponent. If you don't have that sword stance, what do you do? You're kind of in trouble. If you don't have but that I, source. But I would say I would say that you don't necessarily need to bring in, you know, every element of 
the main game, you know what I'm saying? You can build something that's specific to just dueling. Um, Eli, you had something that you wanted to to bring up as, here? Yeah. As as much as I agree with you, um, Jose, but mm-hmm. it's it is a story game, and it wouldn't really it wouldn't really it doesn't really fit the requirements for that type of for this type of game. I would I would like to I guess oppose that by saying this instead mm-hmm. of just parrying and stuff, right? Maybe mm-hmm. what you can have is that like more stances for that specific game mode so that mm-hmm. one stance might have some advantages against another stance and it doesn't necessarily have to be with shields. It can be with swords but more sword stance. I don't know. Like, yeah, so I, I think I think and I think I think Eli's I think Eli's kind of, kind of, you know, hitting on a point here, and and it goes back again. I I kind of use Bushido Blade, because, again, maybe you're not doing stances per se in terms of you know sword shield, um, brute, you know, but what you can do is again very much like Bushido Blade. You have your high stance, your low stance, your mid stance, and that really reflects the way how a samurai would fight in real life. You have different type of stances that are well suited for a specific purpose, and then you know the other player would have to know how to combat that in 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 the same way by coming up with another stance that would be complementary to it. So it becomes more of like a a chess game in that aspect where it's like, you know, he's using the high stance. I have to now find a way to combat that. You know, that's where I say, I don't think it necessarily has to follow the main game's dynamics. If you just change it just a little bit. And again, this is just me in a perfect world, right? But if he changes and tweak it just a little bit, I think you can do it in those parameters because now it's stances, but sword stances, not enemy stances. You know, you understand what I'm trying to say? I I will say, as my closing thought, I would love to see it. I don't think it's a good idea to do it in the first one. I think it's a better idea to really develop a, a dedicated system oh, I agree. for doing I agree. Part, because I think if they do it for number one, I and this is just me, from my basic my personal opinion and from what i understand from game development it's going to be really hard to do it right the reason we got legends and the reason it's so robust is because they developed legends alongside the single player mode right so unless i hear that they've been working on a dual mode where they thought about it and developed it and play tested it for almost as long as the rest of these modes i think it's going to be a broken experience and i think no, it would I, I agree with that but I, I totally agree with that. I you I you don't want a half ass half yeah. ass mode because then it's going to ruin the rest of the game. But you know it's just something to think about. I th- you know and the, when I saw the game and and now especially with Legends, I'm like, wow, this would be fascinating if we actually had a dual mode built into it because we have it in the game with other characters. We have duels. Why can't they you know find a way to bring it over into the multiplayer space? But again, that's more of a, a wish fulfillment type of thing on my part, you know? I hope they can figure out a way to do it. And maybe maybe it's, it's just going to require some thought into how they figure it out. But no doubt. We shall see how they add to this already. A very impressive and very amazing game that we talked about for quite a while because 
you need you guys need to play it. You're creating the out there. need to play Ghost of Tsushima because while I have not officially made it my game of the year selection, it is definitely on all of our lists as a candidate for game yeah, yeah. of the year. And so it's not called it. it's not li- Jose, you gotta remember it's not called Ghost of Tsushima. It's called Game of the Year Ghost of Tsushima. Just let's let's clarify that, all right? Please. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about it, let's give it under the proper, you know, give it its proper name. Game of the year. Ghost of Tsushima. It rolls off the tongue, bro. It really does. There you go. Bingo. You shall see. But I just, I just. We will definitely be bringing you that episode around the time of the end of the year. So, hey, get get geekers. Can you tell that I love the game? It's game of the year, guys. It's G-O-T-Y-G-O-T. Booyah. Ghost of Tsushima. Not ghosts. Ghost singular. Ghost. There you go. You Ghost of Tsushima. You don't have to do GOT anymore. All you have Ghost. to do is Gotti Got. Ghost Gotti of Gotti. Tsushima. Wait. Got. No. Real quick. Gotti Got. Gotti Got. Last, what? Last what? Thing. what? What? I just want to put this out. I can't Gotti wait Gotti. for them to start doing championships and stuff like that for this game. Oh, um, make it a, a esports type of thing. Yeah, but that's that's. But, really but you can't. No, I I don't think you really can though, unless you're doing survival against four on four, because this yeah. is more of a. This is more. No, of a it's, it wouldn't be. It would be most points. Whoever gets the most points. Yeah, most points. Oh yeah, like I, I guess. But then you, you, you kill the team, the teamwork aspect of the game then. From most points? No, 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 not most points for a single player for each team. I see what oh, Eli's saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. Or win. Yeah, yeah. You can I, def- I get that. Oh, it, and you know what? I'm sorry. One last point. Let's not elaborate on this one, but I can see a way that you can get adversarial multiplayer in this game. It would be team-based, though, the way that I see it right now. You yeah, I know. Team, team, ba- we'll team death that battle, that right? Is, that is a small update away from something that they could easily do. In That would opinion. be amazing. That would be totally Four. amazing. Yeah, man, we'd be a we'd be a heck of a team. I'll tell you that much. That would be amazing. All right, we talked about Ghost of Tsushima a lot. I'm sorry, G O T Y Ghost of Tsushima. We Thank talked you. about it a lot. Got All it, right, got we it. talked about it a lot. It's going to be in the run in the running for Game of the Year, no doubt, because of how much we've talked about it. Not just today, but over the last couple of weeks. I think we've had four episodes where we mentioned this freaking game by now. So it's up there for Game of the Year. But you know what? In order to find out what the game of the year is when we have that episode, you got to like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast, people. You got to follow us. You got to listen to us. I'm forcing you. If you've listened this long, you obviously like the podcast. We're more than two hours in. Come on now. Like, rate, share, and subscribe. Find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon Music, where all your favorite podcasts are sold. So please... Check us out there. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Get Geek Podcast. You can definitely find out some more about us there. Check out our most recent episode with John R. Diaz of EA Games, one of the lead tech designers at EA. Uh, so he's going to have a big hand in the future of EA Games over the next few years, and we're excited about that. And we are excited for you to listen to our interview. If you want to get into game development or you're just a gaming nerd that wants to hear more about what it's like to make video games, check out that episode because it was freaking awesome. And Gabe did an excellent job on that interview. Please check it out. 
Um, another last mention, we do want to thank those of you who had to deal with any sound issues or artifacts. We think we have them mostly, mostly cleaned up. We haven't heard any complaints from y'all, but if you do have a complaint with the sound issues, uh, because of the fact that we are recording remotely as a crew, let us know and we will do whatever we can to improve the sound further and further and further and further until it's the most professional sounding podcast we've ever heard. Alright, so with that, I guess, um... We're going to say goodbye to y'all for this week. We appreciate you listening in on this Geek Out episode and our deep dive into Ghost of Tsushima. We have a couple Game of, great episodes. of the year. G-O-T-Y, G-O-T. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just busting your chops, bro. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, I can definitely spoil next week's podcast to a certain extent. Mandalorian's coming out, people. We are going to have some opinions about it. We are going to have some opinions about the Mandalorian. Next so excited. Listen in. And as always, please, all of y'all out there, stay geeky, my friends. GGP out. GOTY GOT?